Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess. Screw. Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Hey, welcome in, and I am uh, officially back. I don't know completely back. I guess in body I'm completely back. Voice, one of the reasons why I have not missed four days on the air. This is a true story. Since 2016, I went on a vacation in 2016, and I missed four days, a part of that, I think even five, maybe even six, but I had not missed four consecutive days since going back to 2016, and I'm not going to put you through all the, oh, what was me bull crap, because everybody out there gets sick, all of us get sick, it's just you guys are incredibly smarter about how you do it when you get sick, and you're not a complete jackass like I was. Like, I go back to last week, and I was talking about how I, I don't have time to be sick, and, you know, I'm powering through all this stuff because of last week, and I look like a jackass now. Oh, yeah, I never get, I'll be just fine. Oh, yeah. Telling the story about passing out for three hours in the truck downtown, right? Yeah, good stories, jackass. Way to go. So I look back on last week, and I wonder if I just would have handled it like I had a brain in my head, it would have been a little bit different this week. But um, I, I do truly feel I'm on the other side. Part of my issue was just beyond being sick, and it did take my voice, uh, it spiked my blood pressure to a point where, like, everybody around me was going, uh, 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 we got to do something about this right now. So, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. It was weird not being here, and I hate feeling like crap, but it was all on me for acting like a jackass last week, and hopefully, hopefully you guys are smart enough by now in terms of how I'm feeling about myself <laughs> to go ahead and be much smarter than me because that was not a way to go about it. But I did want to thank... I want to thank Brian No for a couple of days being in. Um, who else was in? Uh, I think uh, James. James Boyd was in earlier in the week. I want to thank James. Who else? James back at the studio was in. Uh, Brendan for King me was earlier in. this week. Brendan ah, King Brendan was King. In. Sorry, Brendan. Yeah. So uh, thank those guys for uh, making a much better show than what I normally do around here too. But it was weird. It really was. Just kind of being out, hanging out, not being able to do anything. 
Um, you guys sent me so many nice tweets, emails, if you want to call them tweets now, I guess, emails, messages, uh, a lot of texts. So thank you guys very much for uh, caring about this old sick man this past week because that's exactly what I was and the way that I felt. But I believe me to be on the road to recovery. And one of the inspirations in getting back on track and feeling good was because I knew Friday we had a tavern tour stop for the month of February. And I knew that I was going to be at one of our favorite places too, although I don't think we've ever been here with my counterpart here, my coworker, my friend, my co-host, the betting analyst, Brent Halverson, joins us from Heaven Hill. I don't think that you and I have ever done a show here. I've done many shows here. I don't think you and I have ever done a show here, have we? Well, John, no, we haven't. This is, a, and it's good to be back. I'm glad you're here, man. Yeah, and, I, know. You know, I, I My I, voice, I sound like Bonnie Tyler a little bit. You know what? Across I, I like it, though. Bonnie like it. Tyler and Lou Brown from Major League. Like I did, you know, forget about the curveball, Ricky. <laughs> Give him the heater, Give the heater yeah. Ricky. Or I could sing It's a Heartache and sound pretty good. Well, but, you know, it sounds good. I mean, I went yeah. through the same thing. I missed the last show we did. Right. Uh, and, and thank thank God for Mr. Jim Romanak over there for filling in. I know where you're at, man. That was a tough. It was a it was yeah. a good week long. Beat you. Just beat you down, right? It did. And I had the same thing, right? Couldn't talk for a couple of days. It sounded like Froggy, the dude from yeah. uh, Little Rascal. Right on. And that kind of got a little better. So. Glad to see you back in the driver's seat, my friend. It, this is our first time here at Gigi's. Love this place. We're talking tavern tour, right? Right on. And there, you don't find them any better than, again, we're, that's why we're here. This that's is why a, we're this here. Is one the great, of the special spots. The so. great food. And you know this. While we're here, you can spin the wheel over here for prizes. We've got our tavern tour 2024 T-shirts to give away, but also the free samples. The free samples on a Friday, always fantastically flowing. Free samples and a great account here. And, and we got plenty for you to come out and sample. So come join us. Uh, this is kind of a welcome back, John, yep. segment, right? Welcome so, back. So this has been a short week for you. This is day it one back. Been. It's good to have you. Be. I feel like it's been a long time since we've been together, man. It's been two months. Yeah, you know? but I mean, you, were, you were sick yep. the last time you were supposed to be on. And Jim yep. did a great job at stepping in. So it has, it's been a hell of a long time. It has right been. Here. I guess we got to pick back up where we left off. And that was a, <laughs> well, a I mean, wonderful I, I, football, football over now. Yeah. We get the news today that the salary cap has uh, gone higher, a lot higher than what people had thought. I think around 8 mil or something like that. So obviously we'll keep track on what's going on with the Michael Pittman Jr. We'll see how the Colts are able to handle that if they do anything differently. Yeah, if that spurs a little bit more action of rolling the dice and taking more chances in terms of free agency than what Chris Ballard may normally do. And we'll find out. I don't know if we're going to find out anything, but we'll Q&A Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen next week at the Combine because the draft Combine is going to be here. That's awesome. That's right. I mean, it, we're starting up again, right? I mean, yes. Before we know it, we're going to be counting those dates down. But uh, hey, in the meantime... GG's right off 71st and you just come out and join us. I mean, it's going to be a fun one today. Like I say, you're back. We've got some great, uh, great cocktails to be sampled and uh, the food, the staff, uh, Jim's team here. I mean, it's, it's awesome. So we'll uh, hopefully have a chance to chat about that. Shout out to Jim. It's always awesome. Shout too, out man. to Jim. Absolutely. So Brent Halvers is going to hang with us all day long. I didn't want to get into a couple of things. And we have adjusted the normal Friday schedule. Bob Lovell is going to be on here coming up in the next eight or so minutes. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, because they have a noon start coming up tomorrow in uh, State College, Pennsylvania at Penn State. Don's going to come on at 3.30. Mike Wells, 4 o'clock. Dustin DePurak, who covers the Pacers for the Star, 
going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. A couple of things I did want to get to last night. Pacers a winner. First game back since the All-Star break. I'm not going to get back into a lot of things I'm sure you guys have heard about four and five different times already. I had as good a time as I could have during All-Star weekend. It could have been better had I not been a jackass, as I mentioned. But there's no way in the world at all that you can question, once again, the effort of Indianapolis with what they had to go through and what they put on. Now, again, you may never see this thing back in your lifetime and my lifetime, but I thought this past weekend was fantastic. You know, the game on Sunday notwithstanding. I mean, let's face it, we probably aren't watching that had it not been, you know, for it being here and, and Halliburton shooting the lights out as he was doing Uh, There is something they're going to have to try to do. That's going to be a collective effort with everybody that they're going to try to do to make that thing interesting again. I just don't know if the way that it it is put together now, if there's ever going to be interest in the players themselves into doing a lot more than what they did. But anyway, fantastic weekend. It certainly was that. Last night, Pacers a winner over Detroit. We'll talk about that. Everything, including that third quarter, which was a fade. But really nice to see the Pacers come out, play the way against a bad team in which they should play. Boilermakers all over Rutgers last night. That was cool up at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. We'll talk about that. And, of course, IU. IU upsetting number four, Iowa and Caitlin Clark down in Bloomington. I guess IU fans can soak up with the fact that their basketball team, the men's team, is going nowheresville that the women needed that and got that last night and and did it, I thought did it in a fashion in which that you can really be proud of. I mean, they grinded. Caitlin Clark, what, she have 20? 24. 24 last night? 24, yeah. But that's like like much less than I think, Brent, what you would see. And she was still the spectacle. She's awesome for basketball. And you're going to say, well, wait a minute. You're talking about women's basketball? No, I'm talking about basketball. She is awesome for basketball. And even now, Brent, she has sparked conversations about, you know, the greatest of all time. And Jay Williams yapped about that last week. She sparked conversations last night about, you know, being gripey at the officials and lobbing some comments at the IU bench. I I got news for you guys. That happens every single game. Every single game. You might not like her. Right? If you're an IU fan, you probably don't like her. If you're an IU fan and you want to see local teams around here do well, and that's who ends up drafting her, the fever, you're probably going to like her. But if you're a basketball player, you should like her. I don't care if you're an IU fan, a Purdue fan, an Iowa fan. If you're a basketball player, you should. She brings it every single moment. And she has so, again, elevated the scope that was already on the rise for women's basketball that it's like every single week you see it even more. And I like it a great deal. And I know what you're saying. You're an IU fan and you get mad. She gets this call and that call. I got news for you, friends. That's basketball in general. That happens all the time. But the spectacle, Brent, of Caitlin Clark was in Bloomington last night. And I thought IU in awesome fashion, had the counter that you're looking for. 
It was on the floor. It was defensively. It was maintaining a consistent offense. It was all that any IU fan, no matter what basketball brand we're talking about, men or women, all IU fans really wanted to see, and that's what they got. They, they did, John. And a big shout-out to fellow friend and Seymour Al, Terry Moore, for what she's done in that program. Is she your friend? Did you oh, grow up with her? Yes, I did. She's awesome. How she's long have you years. known her? Uh, well, I'm 50 and really? uh, probably I mean, 40 <laughs> years. I yeah, mean, right. She's a couple years older than myself, and uh, right in between myself and my sister. My sister was Could you see and see more that she was going to oh, evolve into that? Absolutely. She just had it. She right. has that swagger. And to see what she's done with that program. And number one, how cool. We watched that game last night. How cool is it to see uh, the women's college game sold out yeah. and such a buzz and the electricity that was going on through that game. Sydney Paris, who we've talked was to awesome. a couple yeah. times, was awesome too. I mean, they were just uh, McKin- feeding off of yeah. that. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie Holmes was awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, whole, too, so. the whole squad yeah. was, you know. But, I mean, yeah. I just love seeing how what they were doing and what they brought to the game. I was watching my, my young daughter, Sage, who loves basketball. She's into it now. So, Caitlin yeah. Clark's brought this buzz to the sport. Which, like you said, like her or not, hey, she's bringing great things. Got a sold-out uh, arena last night. I mean, it was it was a special game, and to see what IU just controlled from start to finish, it was it was pretty spectacular. Impressive. So That's out. Brent Halverson right there. Went to high school at Seymour with Terry Moore. We'll get Brent back on here in just a second. On the Andy Moore on the Butterfly Group Hotline, every single Friday right here on the three o'clock hour. Brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana. CarX locations, CarX.com, with my friend Joe Childers in that location nearest you. Has there anything that over your time compares to the type of season and the notoriety that Caitlin Clark has had, either for the women or the men? Are we breaking some new ground with this in mind for you, Bob? Oh, I don't think there's any question, John. I think it's a. Um, I think you just look at the national media uh, and see how much more uh, exposure women's games are getting. I think that it's uh, an inflection point, if you will. I think uh, you know you have a superstar that, as you mentioned, little girls can rally around and, and uh, you know pretend to be, and, and uh, you have a perfect role model. Um, it's pretty cool down in Bloomington lines all the way around the assembly hall to get in to watch yeah. the game. And so, no, it's all good. And and I think media now, you know, they're a little bit slow to move around, but I think the media is beginning to give the proper amount of attention that it needs to to women's sports in general, and right now specifically to women's basketball. And so, you know, just like this weekend at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, we have the uh, – Girl State Finals, and I, I dare say there will be great crowds down there watching some tremendous basketball. It's uh, Bob Lovell who joins us. You know, oftentimes on a daily basis, you get people that have to find something to piss and moan about, have to be mad about, have to be angry about. You know, with her, with, with her, I don't get any of it because on one side, it raises the level of your play no matter your IU or your Michigan State or your Gardner-Webb or your Belmont, your Indiana State, it doesn't matter. It raises raises the level of play. And then the overall spotlight that is now being shined on the game, there to me is no downside to this. And, you know, you had last night, Bob, people saying, oh, look at all the calls she gets. Listen, that's fine. That that happens with good basketball players, all right? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. you raise that competitive profile with the fan base and certainly fans that wouldn't normally be watching too much. That is just a win-win. There is to me nothing to complain about this 
whatsoever. And if you're not a U fan, your team went out and did everything that was necessary to get a very impressive win, their most impressive win of the season last night. There's no question. And, but, but what Terry Morin has done has been phenomenal uh, in, in her own right, in, in uh, elevating that program to where it is. It's a, a national power recognized as such, extremely competitive within the Big Ten. And you have the big stage with Caitlin Clark. But, John, it's human nature to try to uh, find something wrong no matter what. And uh, you just wish people could look beyond it. Uh, as you point out, there's nothing that Caitlin Clark does that's wrong. You know, and I'm sure that the I, officials yeah. didn't help her shoot those 30-foot jump shots and make it go in. So what she, what she does, she's done with hard work, good old-fashioned hard work, great teammates and great coaching. But I think it's fun. I think it's tremendous that we're at this situation. As I mentioned, it's, a, it's an inflection point for, for women's sports in general. And I, and I think all of us benefit from that. The more people can go out and watch games. You're the father of a daughter who likes to play. It has to be cool for you to watch Laney watch her play and get excited about being a basketball player. No doubt about that. And uh, all the girls around Laney and other girls and girls everywhere enjoy it even more. And then, you know, you talk about Terry Moran just raising that basketball profile in Bloomington. And, Bob, it comes at a time when, again, we see the IU men's team profile at an incredible low. So, I mean, really, I'm not suggesting it's going to even things out because you want that men's program to be what people want it to be down there and fans of IU, but it, it certainly does not hurt to be raised in the profile the past couple of years as we've seen Terry Morin do with that women's program. Yeah, and you know what? It's just uh, I think it's coincidental, too. I mean, you know, when Terry had, was at Indiana State, she won games that propelled her to get the job uh, in, in Bloomington's where she's been. She's been successful at the University of Indianapolis. Everywhere along the line, she's been successful. Uh, IU basketball, it's just, you know how this is. It's cyclical. They're in a situation right now where they're not playing like people think they should, not playing like, you know, the, the, everybody involved believes they should. Uh, I, I say it all the time, John. I don't make it – I'm not trying to be cliched. It's hard to win. <laughs> it's very difficult to win basketball games at any level. And so, men's basketball has had tremendous success, we all know, in the past. It's in a situation right now where it's not as good as it has been, but it's still a, a powerful product. And I have no doubt that uh, in the not-too-distant future, they'll be back playing – uh, in front of sold-out crowds like they normally do and, and winning basketball games at the level everybody's excited about. All right, Bob, we've got some state finals going on at the Fieldhouse coming up tomorrow with the girls in mind, don't we? We do, and uh, you know what? It's, it's always a great time of year, John, you know, because sectionals – for boys will begin on Tuesday, so you yep. wrap up girls' basketball. And so, you know, our, our mutual friend Greg Regstraw is beyond excited. His Lanesville team is back to defend their championship in 1A, taking on North Central of Farmersburg. And so, you know what? It, uh, it, it'll be uh, – excuse me. <laughs> they, are, they are taking on um, – Lanesville is, you know, right. playing in that first one against Marquette Catholic. Excuse me. Right. And, uh, so one a game. The story obviously is can Lanesville repeat? Uh, when you ask Greg, the answer is an, uh, an affirmative, a strong yes. Uh, we know it's hard to repeat as champions in anything, but they're really, really good. And uh, this Marquette Catholic team uh, had uh, one, a close one against Clinton Central to get in it. And they've been ranked highly all year long. So that's going to be a tremendous matchup to start the day. 
Yeah, and then obviously I saw the end of LC on Saturday before Center Grove and Franklin played in that uh, semifinal game as well on the second one. And there, there are not a lot of things you can say um, uh, as far as LC is concerned that they don't have going for them. That is an incredibly talented team, both on the floor and on the bench. Well, they really are, John, and that's why they've had the success that they had to this point. And, you know, it starts with the coach. I mean, tremendous coach. You know, you've got the, the daughters there. Listen, you, you mentioned talent. They are supremely talented, and they've played a very, very difficult schedule. And look where they are, playing for a championship. And, you know, I think uh, when the season started, uh, people thought they had a, a legitimate chance to be in the position they're in playing for a state championship. And so, um, you know, clearly uh, it, it should be something that – if they'll just go and play, they're playing a very competitive and very good Lake Central team. Listen, Lake Central beats Noblesville uh, last week in the semi-state by 16 to get where they are. So they have to be a really, really good basketball team. So, you know, 4A battle should be, uh, I think like the other, should be a tremendously competitive game to wrap up the night. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talks, got you covered tonight. Tomorrow night, across the network, Indiana affiliated stations with us. Again, we're on a tavern tour stop. GG's at 71st and Benford. Would love to see you up here with our friends from Heavenhill Distillery and Brent Halverson hanging out with me as well. Bob Lovell's brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run Carx location. So you and Greg did that last week. What did you think about uh, the way that the boys' sectional pairings ended up got knocking itself out and making a lot as it normally does of really good strong first night matchups well i think the thing that we got out of the night john was um as you point out there's some really good matchups in that first night but i think the theme throughout the basketball season for boys and girls has been balanced, uh, has been the situation where there are some really, really good basketball teams at all four classes. And uh, Greg pointed it out, uh, there may be a clear-cut favorite or two, but uh, all four classes are, are up for grabs, 4A especially, as we've talked about throughout the year. And, um, you know, it's just it's what makes it so much fun. You've done it. I've done it. We all know that upsets are the, the rule rather than the exception. And there are going to be some teams uh, who are highly rated who won't make the appearance to play in the state finals. It happens every year. And uh, we also pointed out, and we remind everybody, this is the 114th time we played a state basketball championship for boards in the state of Indiana. And uh, 114 years of excellence is pretty hard to match. No, nah, there's no doubt about that. Going to have a great weekend here. and The fellas start coming up early next week. Bob Lovell's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Purdue sticking it to Rutgers last night impressively. IU gets Penn State tomorrow. Butler tomorrow night on the road at Seton Hall. And uh, my Sycamores earlier this week got back in the win column. It was good to see him win, you know, but they've got – there's a situation right now where we're playing for seed in the in the Valley Tournament. Uh, I, I don't know. I think when you leave decisions like that to a committee, uh, you always have to be kind of concerned about what your fate's going to be. So, Sycamores are good enough, powerful enough, well-coached enough to win the Valley Tournament. But it would be nice to get some momentum going on and, 
the journey starts pretty soon, and you're trying to get that momentum. Same thing for for I. I think it's the same story for Butler with this matchup at Seton Hall. They need to start stringing together some wins here uh, to carry them into the Big East tournament um, and and uh, solidify a, a possible chance in the NCAA tournament. They need wins. They need wins, and they need them in a hurry. To Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. Get a little preview of the games tomorrow and a recap coming up tomorrow night, Bob. With us every single Friday on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana. Joe Childers run CarX locations, CarX.com today. My friend, great to talk with you today. We'll do it again next week. All right, thanks, John. Take care of yourself. Thanks so much. You got it. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. I should have heeded that warning last week. Take care of yourself. I'm telling you, that's a big deal. Here's another big deal, and I'll talk about it a little bit later on. I had a heart screening at Meridian Medical Services, and that was a big deal. That's something I want us all to do. And something I'll bring up coming up a little bit later on, a little bit more in depth, is the loss of a friend of this show yesterday. I want to get into that, too. I mean, a a longtime friend that had been a listener to this show, had been a listener to when I was on with Mark for so many years. And those of you up in uh, up in Noblesville, I'm assuming probably know exactly who I'm talking about. But we'll get into that a little bit later because I wanted to pay proper respects to just a great guy and also talk about these reasons as to why we all need our medical information. We all have to know. And believe me, I'm right out in front. I'm the Pied Piper in terms of just kind of half-assing stuff. And, oh, yeah, wait a minute. I'll do it later. Oh, yeah, I'll get to it. Mr. Procrastinator right here. But I want to make sure we get all on the same page with this, too. All right, because I want us all to be around here for a long time. I want us to be around here long enough to see the teams around here do well, win, win championships, and for everybody to be happy and not consistently griping about stuff. So, and that's, that's on all of us. But I'm going to lead on this, too. I'm going to lead by a much better example than I did last week. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. GG's, we're on the northeast side. In fact, 71st in Benford. Brent, we should bring everybody out here because the samples are flowing. Samples are flowing. Come out and join us. This is the welcome back party for John. You're back. You're fresh. You're ready to go. Yes, We've fresh. got a lot of great people here and great cocktails. Very fresh. Yeah. Come on out and join us. <laughs> That's Brent Alverson right there. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, on his way to Penn State. Don's going to join us coming up on the other side. Mike Wells, Dustin DePurak. Pacers a winner last night. We'll get into that. Salary cap has now been raised. In the NFL, what does that mean for the Colts? We'll talk about the usage and what I think they're going to do with it coming up a little bit later on as well. GG, 71st in Benford. Tavern Tour Stop on a Friday. Glad to be back. Thank you all for being a part of this. The stream, the app, HD Radio, the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Jenny! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 
Brent Halverson, JMV, GG's, Northeast Side, 71st, Benford is our location, Tavern Tour Stop. Free samples are flowing, great food here, we would love to see you. If you're watching inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, it is a little bit blurry because we don't have the, the right camera today. The blurry represents exactly how I felt earlier this week. This look is how I felt, Brent, earlier this week right here. Right? This is the look. I see that. And, and I will tell you this, John, from my angle, yes. you look just splendid. Do I look? Yeah. You look good, splendid, splendid, he splendid. says. Thank you very Absolutely much. splendid. Also splendid on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, voice of the Hoosiers, getting ready to uh, take off. Head to Penn State. Penn State IU tomorrow. Noon is the start time. 11 a.m. 93 WIBC. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, with us. Don Fisher is also splendid. He's splendidly doing about 95 southbound I-69 right now, right? About 95? I, I slowed down just for you, John. I slowed down just you for did. you. Oh, that's safe. <laughs> Safety first, Don Fisher. That is outstanding out of you. Um, start... I'm going to start a little bit of hoop outside of the start of the second half the other night. Kind of the same old, same old. Don, every week we've talked about this, and you've always brought it up. You're looking for any, any leadership consistency on this team. And if there is anything that they're missing, along with a lot of things we see on the floor, that continues to be something they simply do not have. I agree. Um, and, I, you know, they're, they're, I mean, Trey Galloway is a quiet leader, but you got to have an alpha male type leader out there on the floor. Somebody that's not afraid to say, hey, you're not getting your job done or uh, you've got to stop doing that or, you know, try to help the coaching staff out with the execution of play. Um, and that requires somebody that's smart, is a veteran, so to speak. I think Galloway tries to give him that, but he's not the vocal guy that you need. And unfortunately, right now, that's their biggest struggle. And the consistency that we've seen them or the lack of consistency that we've seen them play with, I think tells you all you need to know in that regard. Yeah, you know, when, when you search for it, you and I have talked about this week after week. Um, I guess it's just something that you can't find with this group that they don't have. And, you know, you got to make a note of that with whatever roster you look at next year and make sure you have that, among other things. Well, it's going to be hard, John, in that sense, because right now we don't know who on this roster will be back. I mean, obviously, Galloway's a senior, uh, but has another year of, uh, of, of, you know, he could take another year to play college basketball if he wants to. He's got that opportunity. Uh, Xavier Johnson's gone. Walker's gone because he has obviously uh, used up his eligibility. Um, Malik Renew. Obviously, he's a sophomore. He would probably be the odds-on favorite to be a leader next year. I think Malik sometimes does try to talk uh, to his teammates and and get, get on them a little bit. I don't know if that's the case, but it seems to be just visually watching him in ball games sometimes that he does get after some of his teammates. Um, but we just don't know who's going to be there next year right now. And the way this thing is going right now, uh, as far as the wins and losses are concerned, you, you're, I think the transfer portal is going to have to be huge. And then you're bringing guys that you don't know that much about. And if they're not vetted well, 
we'll have the same thing we got this year because we're looking at a team right now that the construction of this roster is not the best that we've seen, to say the least. No, yeah, exactly. And I think that really this is just going to be like two, three, fourfold compared to what most other coaches in college basketball have to do now. You've got to re-recruit your team, win, lose, or draw every single year with the way things NIL and transfer portal go now every single year. And here's the other thing. You don't know who's going to come in and say uh, to – players on this ball club that they think can play, uh, you know, we've got we got some money to offer you. <laughs> yeah. And and that could take guys away as well. So we're not talking about just guys that are unhappy with their playing time or that kind of stuff. You're literally recruiting guys that are still there and are guys that you want to keep. You have to recruit those guys back to your program. Uh, I mean, maybe they'll test the NBA waters and all that kind of stuff. Well, then they could go someplace else if they do that. So who knows? This is going to be a challenge, I think, for Mike Woodson and his coaching staff, to say the least. And if this thing continues to spiral downhill, it may be tough to keep anybody. Wow. Completely agree. That's why I think there's going to be – it's going to be – I'm not going to suggest it's going to be a complete reboot, but about as close to it I would not be – Surprise, considering everything else that is going on and, and certainly the way this program is right now. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. You get IU Penn State coming up tomorrow at noon. Is this game in rec hall as the Penn State-Illinois game was earlier this week? No, thank heavens it'll be at Bryce Jordan Center. And I say that because the rec hall was absolutely a zoo uh, in the Illinois ball game. And it was because yeah. they only have 9,000 seats in that building. The students all came. And that place was wild. And that was a big reason why Penn State knocked off Illinois because it was so loud and such a terrific atmosphere from a college basketball perspective, but especially in Penn State's favor. So back to the Bryce Jordan Center for our ball game tomorrow, which is probably the best thing that could possibly be happening under these circumstances. Dark and cavernous. And you, you saw you saw how – that place and those fans got to Coleman Hawkins. And that doesn't take much. That's Illinois' big man. It doesn't take much to get to him. But he may have had the the worst final minute plus that we have seen in a long time in that game the other night. Yeah, I didn't get to see it. I heard about it. <laughs> to score eight points for the last 36 seconds of the ball game to win it for Penn State tells you all you need to know. There was obviously a turnover or two, uh, and guys missing free throws and all kinds of good stuff. The Illini uh, just took it on the chin, and obviously that was a tough loss for them because it hurt them in the ratings. Yeah, he was the guy missing the free throws, too. He, it's funny, before he missed those final two free throws, he was angry, as he normally is. He was angry at the official because the official was slow getting him the basketball so he could shoot the free throws. So you could tell he was he was angry and he was showing that, and then he walks up there and misses two free throws. <laughs> well, that means that his concentration was on his anger. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and then and then that was right before he fouled the three point shooter that knocked down three free throws that won them the game. So yeah, it wasn't a was not a good final couple of possessions for Coleman, not at all. 
<laughs> well, he can be he can be gotten to. There's no question about that. Yeah, that's been kind of his mo over the years. You know what I mean? No doubt about that. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. You guys go on at eleven tomorrow. Eleven a.m. pregame show and twelve noon tip off. I also wanted to mention this because I talk about it all the time, and it's helping me out. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, is also now into uh, my friends at QC Kinetics. You were interested, and now you've given it a try. So what do you think, Don? Well, you know, I just I was in there Thursday of this week, and I went through the process, and I was impressed with the people that were in there and the explanation of everything that was going to take place. Um, they gave me my first treatment, uh, and believe it or not, and they said it would probably be seven to ten days before I would feel a difference. And really, today, which is Friday, I, actually it was Wednesday when I was in there. Today is Friday. Uh, actually, my, my knee feels better today, so it's pretty impressive stuff. And obviously, I've got a couple other appointments that I have to do uh, to, to continue the process. But at the same time, when you feel something change almost immediately, uh, it's a good feeling, to say the least. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is something that athletes have been doing. They used to have to go. Like, this is when, remember when Peyton Manning hurt his neck and he went to Germany to check out this type of treatment then. This goes, you know, back 14-plus years. Um, right. And then now it's available not just to athletes, but it's available to everybody. And it works it definitely works for me, but it's cool that uh, you did that as well. I can also tell you they were much more excited when I told them that you would like to give this thing a try than they were when I told them I would like to. <laughs> much more excited. <laughs> well, here's what I do know. If this works on my knee, there's about three other spots in my body. I'll try <laughs> Well, I tell everybody all the time, by the time I'm 60, I'm going to have all new parts. All new. I'm just going to go ahead and overhaul everything. So. Well, you know what? There's, there's something to be said for being the $6 million man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, there's no doubt. I mean, Lee Majors, he's still going strong today. Today, still going strong. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, get to Bloomington, catch that plane, have a great call coming up tomorrow with Eric and John, and uh, we'll check back in coming up next Friday. But, hey, thanks for taking my advice on QC Kinetics. We'll, ha we'll have you uh, keep everybody updated on how things are going. Sounds good, John. Thanks for having me. You got it. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers right there, on his way to Bloomington on the Eddie Moore Automotive Group. Hotline GG's. We're at 71st in Benford, Brent Halverson Tavern Tour Stop. Brent rejoins us now. Doing a little work over there, are you? A little bit, John. A little work a little on little the menu. Up. I, I see was, that. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at them. The food here is awesome. So I'm just sitting here staring at, like, which one to get, you know? Like, which one? It so, is awesome here, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, man, just uh, trying to get caught up. Had a, had a wonderful week in Jamaica last week. Man. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was It was awesome. 85 and sunny every day. Can you just smoke weed wherever you want to down there? You know, I, I, I heard that. I kind of smelled some funny stuff around Did there. You? you know, yeah. yeah. Little yeah. mystic uh, little mystic in the air. How you about know? that? Yeah, a little mystic feeling. Would you live in 
Jamaica, if you could. My goal is to uh, once uh, once my kids are gone and away is to uh, to to move to Jamaica. Is that where you'd want to live in the Caribbean if you Absolutely. had a choice? Hundred percent. More than any place. Hundred percent. That was my seventeenth visit to Jamaica uh, throughout the years, and I just I love it. I love the people. I love everything about yeah. it. The, 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 I mean, the the climate, the weather, the the music, right? The reggae. I'm, I'm a big reggae fan, and just kind of reconnecting with getting some good old Bob Marley. It's good for the soul down there. So, well, it is. Have you seen the new Marley film? No, we haven't yet. Yeah. So we were down there, uh, and the and, and it came out on Valentine's Day, and we were right. down there over Valentine's Day. We were going to go, but it was just it was just too good to leave where we're at, you know. So we uh, understand. We waited. We're going to hopefully check that out uh, next week. We just time is against us, right? Like we come back and it's shut right back into kids sports and work and all the good stuff. So uh, but uh, looking forward to seeing it. We just happened to, to be living it down there uh, last week. Marley and his legend album. I still will say this. I will maintain most often played album of all time at parties. And I'm not talking about dance parties. I'm just talking about if you went to a party in the past 40 years, then at some point you went to a party that was playing that. You've heard some Bob Marley. No yeah. doubt about that. You know that. what's cool? So, uh, yeah, last night I'm picking up Sierra yeah. from volleyball practice, and she's got this new playlist. She goes, Dad, I think you like my playlist. Nice. Right? We, we, we're a little different on the musical uh, spectrum of things. And all of a sudden comes out, she's listening to Bob Marley. Beautiful. She's got a little Grateful Dead on there. I'm like, girl, it made my heart smile. So That's a Halverson right there. That's, that's coming around. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. So, Brent Halverson, I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Don Fisher, Bob Lovell so far. Mike Wells, top of the hour. Dustin DePurek, 5 o'clock hour. GG, 71st in Benford. Tavern tour stop with Heaven Hill Distillery. 93.5, 107.5, the fan. The Ride with JMV. Remember, mum is the word. Certainly, but um, mum, 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 ninety-three-five and one zero seven-five. The fan. Hey, thank all of you for joining us. The Tavern Tour stop today finds us at Gigi's on the northeast side. Thank you for joining us. Cam is the on-site engineer. James back at the studio. Uh, I am back for the first time this week. I want to thank. Brian No, Brendan King, James Boyd for hanging in there for me this week. Uh, you guys outstanding, keeping track of me, keeping me updated on what's going on as always. Uh, thank you to all. Um, I did want to share some sad news with you today and uh, pay my respects to a, uh, a listener to the show and a friend for a long time. If you're in and around Noblesville and you were ever involved in youth sports, you probably cross paths with Joe Burgess. Joe, for many years, was a listener and much how I love this show and I have for 19 years in doing it is I don't create just listeners. I I get the opportunity to create friends. That's always been very important to me. I'm just not somebody that wants to come on here and start yelling and screaming about crap every day. I like to create friendships for myself. And it's even more gratifying when I see friendships created. I mean, I'm looking at one right now with Bill and J-Law over here. It just is extra special to be able to do this daily and then to see that. Certainly, we live in a world where that is necessary now more than ever. But I saw Joe out at our shows all the time. Joe kept me updated on social media. 
Joe, listen all the way back to the days of Mark Patrick. I would always get a sir, I got to go or, you know, a little chair reference. And those are always so incredibly special to me. And so was Joe Burgess. Joe Burgess was a guy that have, has dealt with and you know been a part of so much athletic activities, especially for the youth in Hamilton County and in and around Noblesville. You know, just talking to uh, Nathan Helms uh, via email yesterday about that, he has been invaluable to so many in and around Noblesville. And I know I'm speaking to a lot of his friends out there to where I want to give my best, my thoughts, and I want to make sure that, that Joe and his family and friends know that we're thinking about Joe today. But Joe was extra special. Joe did have an impact on those around him that went well beyond Hamilton County. See Joe out at sporting events. But Joe is a smiling face and a fun-loving guy that will profoundly be missed. And I want to send our thoughts, condolences, well wishes, love to the family of Joe Burgess and the friends of Joe Burgess because we lost an incredibly good one here, Central Indiana, we did. Back with you next. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Where's my guy D right there? Good to see you. We're live at GG's on the northeast side. Me, Brent Halverson. Heaven Hill Distillery, Evan Williams is here with us, too. Larceny Bourbon is here. Brent, what else is here? What other product do we have? Well, we've got all kinds of good stuff. You're, you're actually uh, doing your little, this is a little health kick over here, right? Oh, we've I'm got very a little, healthy. You've got a little healthy with you, a little my deep garden. vodka. And my a, garden. Uh, nice little garden Bloody Mary there yes. for you. I'm sipping on a little uh, Evan Williams peach and iced tea. Nice little day drink. Cam's on a little uh, Larceny ginger over there. Yes, sir. We've got all kinds of stuff flowing around here. So we've got oh. all kinds of stuff. Come on out and let's... Uh, Let's sample the field if we need to, right? Spin the wheel again. One hundred. Check that. 71st in Benford. I almost had you at 171. That would not be right. That's too far, John. 71st <laughs> in Benford here at GG's on a tavern tour stop for the month of February. Thank you all so much for joining us. Don Fisher a little bit earlier. Bob Lovell a little bit earlier. Dustin DePurak coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pile line. Joining us after a week-long hiatus last week. He had to handle his students down during All-Star Weekend. And I guess this hiatus includes us not going with, at least this week, a Mike Wells slow jam re-entry. Mike Wells on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now. My apologies for that. I'm back for the first time today, so I completely forgot. Hey, Jay, I, I feel like I'm being punished right now, man. You know, you know, like, like when, you, when you were growing up, and yeah. you got caught sneaking out the house, chasing after some girl. Your mom, hey, Mama Jam V did something to punish you for your mess up. I feel like because I had to skip out last Friday, we had no slow jam reentry, and so I, I, I feel I feel heartbroken off of. But knowing you've been sick all week, you're forgiven. And speaking of being sick, I got to tell you, 
Your favorite member of the Wells household, Ms. Layla Lee Wells, they were they played at Franklin Central last night. And I was talking to three gentlemen. And one of them was the seventh grade boys coach. And they can't they one of them said, Hey, do you know what song Jan V's gonna play? When you're coming on, and I, I said, I said I've never known in all our years that we've been doing a slow jam reentry. I mean, we're looking at ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen years of doing this on a re- on a regular yeah. on Friday. I've never known. I'm just. I said he and I are just old school R&B junkies who know our right. music, and I know my ass cannot sing. I know it for a fact, but it is unbelievable. I was talking to Chris Hagen, our three foot two gin- uh, favorite ginger. This week, it is amazing the number of people, just random people that I don't know, bring up how much they enjoy Friday the four o'clock yeah. when they're in the car or whatnot. Because the three of us, or mainly you and I, we do not take ourselves serious all the time, and we have fun when we're on the air for twenty to twenty-five minutes on Friday afternoon. So I, I love the people love to hear us act like a bunch of fools on the radio. Uh, that's it. That's exactly what one of the reasons why we do it is to have fun with it. And you can have fun with it every single Friday for sure. I'm glad to hear that from the Franklin Central crew. No question about it. Hey, how'd your students respond to being a part of All-Star Weekend and the capacity in which they were? Man, I, I got to tell you, you know, I, don't, I can't even take the credit for it. My, my students truly kicked ass down in Bloomington. Like, I mean, downtown Indianapolis last weekend. They were professionals from how, what time they showed up, how they dressed, how they asked questions, how they interacted with, with Shams, Chris Haynes, Woj, all those, the best of the best in the business, and how they, the work they turned out. They, tru- they truly made me feel good because they went in as legit professionals and not as fanboys or fangirls. So props to what they're doing down in Bloomington at the IU Media School. So, what did you have them do? Did they just what, who did they interview? They actually they, they were fully credentialed as the same way as Dustin Stewart was at, at the start, yeah, or 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 Joel Erickson or all everybody. So they had access to all media sessions on Friday after Friday, Saturday afternoons, and they covered the Rising Stars game Friday night, the slam dunk competition itself on Saturday, and then they covered the game on on Sunday. I had four students Friday night, three. Saturday night and three Sunday nights. So they and I, the best part was I had a couple students students when guys were at the main podium got questions in. Like one of my students asked Jason Tatum a couple questions on Saturday. So they they had no fear. It's like you coming across half court knowing you're gonna make that long three point shot. My students knew they can get good questions in, and that's what they did. It's awesome. That's that's the type of experience where you're not going to get very often anywhere other than being a part of the Mike Wells class, which is which is awesome. What do you think about All-Star Weekend overall? I mean, minus minus two things, minus that damn snow and the cold weather and that horrible game on Saturday night. I thought it was great. Like I I enjoyed the Rising Stars game. I love the Steph and Sabrina three-point shootout. The dunk contest, I think that's just been boring for years. But I just think what Indianapolis did, it, it continues to prove that this should be a city that hosts a major, major event every couple of years because of the location and how everything is conducive and close. And the fact that 
the city knows how to put, they know how to do things the right way and putting on the events. They do, even through that snow this past Friday as well. But, yeah, I thought it was great, too. And, again, the game just has become what the game is. And, you know, people have all these great ideas about what you can do about it. I just don't know what ultimately you're going to be able to do about it. But I thought the weekend here in Indy was fantastic. What would you think of the Pacers? I know it was Detroit and they're terrible. But other than the third quarter, the Pacers doing to a team that they should do that to – that was good to see because oftentimes this season we've seen that the other direction. Well, you, that last part of what you said has been on point. We've seen what they've been able to do against the Boston, against the Milwaukee. The teams that are believed to be title contending teams, we've seen them go toe-to-toe and beat them teams. It's been the Wolves or the Charlotte and, you know, the Detroit. But for them to come out the break, first game out of the break, and punch Detroit in the mouth three out of the four quarters – that's what that's what you need to happen the rest of the season. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I do know the favor. Excuse me, the schedule strictly favors the Cole, the Pacers on um, the rest of the way. They're playing a lot of bad basketball teams, and they have an opportunity to try to make some noise to close the gap in the East. Are they going to do it? I don't know, but it, 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 it's laying out there the buff, at the buffet table for the Pacers to be able to the, to win a lot of games in the second half of the season. They did give up 45 in the third quarter to Detroit. And something like that, a quarter like that, you know, is something that uh, they haven't been able to shake off just yet. I, I thought that especially in the first half, we saw this team play at the highest of levels together really for the first time with everybody we're thinking about other than the Neesmith, the first time that I can remember. That was a good feeling. But the quarters like the third quarter, does that give you pause to think how this thing still has a great deal of work to do? Well, listen, they've been giving me pause. They've been giving – I think they've been giving myself pause, giving you pause, a lot of people pause, not just off of the third quarter last night, but just what we saw, you know, over the past month, you know, the highs and the lows of it. But they're at the the point now where they can't afford to have these highs and the lows because as you you look at uh, the the makeup of the East, they got a lot of ground to have to try to make up to do it. So my pause is going to continue to be there. And it's not strictly based off of what happened last night in the third quarter. You look at the makeup, I mean, they're currently the sixth seed. They're two and a half games behind the Knicks for a top four seed in the East. And we know what you want to be able to play as home play be the home team for as many series as possible before you have to face a Boston or a Cleveland or whatnot, a higher seeded team in the playoffs. Pascal Siakam, how has he been? We're what? Now at least a month deep into it and obviously from through that either Halliburton wasn't playing or had restricted minutes in play. What do you make of Pascal Siakam with this team? You know, I, I still don't feel like I don't feel like we we've seen the Siakam that we saw in, in Toronto. I think he's still he's still feeling his way through it, trying to get comfortable with his role. And I say that for somebody who's averaging 20, 21 points a game. I think there's still more to Siakam out there. 
And, I, I, and, and when I say that, I think it's more so of not wanting to step on toes, being, quote, unquote, the new guy. I think we're going to see an even better Siakam as we get closer to the playoffs. Which for, and that for the Pacers' sake, that's exactly what you want. You want him to continue to keep climbing the mountain so once the postseason comes, he is that guy. He is essentially the Robin to uh, Halliburton's Batman in the postseason. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Does that give you at all pause that when they hand out that extension and evidently he's going to end up taking it this summer, does that, does that also give you pause to think about how much money is that again? Or is that something you just do and do willingly? Oh, you're doing, you're doing it willingly. You're doing it willingly. I mean, again, 20-plus point score, who is going to get continue to get better? Oh, heck no. I'm not even thinking twice about it. There, there's no such thing. Hey, forget the pause button. We're hitting the we're hitting the acceleration button. We going all in and let's keep it rolling off of that one. That's that's what I look at with with Siakam because how long? I mean, legit. I, I and I can't. I'm old and my memory's not the best. When is the last time the Pacers had had legit two twenty point scores on a roster that could do things? Yeah. Together. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Hey, by the way, hey, been, hey, I don't mean yeah. to rub. How, how are you feeling, man? I am um, I'm feeling better. I'm still not quite where I need to be, my voice-wise, but I'm feeling better. I, um, I, went through, I had a bad earlier week, for sure. It's bad. Yeah, because you, you, you definitely sound a little raspy. You know, I can't, we can't sit there and talk sports, and I can't ask without me asking how my guy's feeling, man. So uh, I, hope, I, hope, I, hope you, I hope you're feeling, uh, you're, you're continuing yeah. to get better, and your girl, Le- like your girl Layla don't want you to be sick either. I, well, I did not have a voice at all earlier this week. That was incredible. I made nothing, which a lot of people were saying, well, that'd be just great. You should do that every day. But I didn't have a voice at all earlier this week so yeah it was um it was not your garden variety flu-like symptoms i don't think that it, it uh it took me down pretty good for a couple of days oh man man i i hate i hate to hear that so but, but no but back, hey i'm glad you're feeling better but now back to the Pacers. so when it's all said and done when the postseason starts in april are there top four seeds in the east Oh, I'd like to think they are, but I don't think they're going to be. Mike, I'm looking ahead at the schedule, and everybody thinks this schedule is easier in this final handful of games and this stretch run. But there is a, a particular stretch that concerns me, and it's one that is forthcoming. And March the 5th at Dallas, back here on March the 7th, Minnesota, at Orlando, at OKC, that's a four-game stretch coming off of back-to-back New Orleans and San Antonio. I think that portion of the schedule is a lot more difficult than what people may suggest. Going out west, again, they still have to do. You know, they play Golden State, a team they lost to here. They play the Clippers, a team that blew them out here at the Lakers. So they still have a lot of work to do. So I'd, I'd like to suggest that they... They get more consistent and get better and then then show us they can do that. But consistency has not been their forte. That's why I'd be a little bit skeptical. Yeah, I think that four-game stretch 
I think that four game stretch. I mean, that is they're talking about four playoff teams. I I, I like what Orlando with Jamal Mosley, the head coach of Orlando Magic's doing. Uh, I think they are definitely. on We know what OKC is. One thing about that that West Coast trip that's very rare for the for the Pacers is they open the road trip on the road at Detroit. And then yeah. they, they wrap it up after playing the two L.A. teams in back-to-back days by going to Chicago before they come home to play the Lakers again. That is, that is not normal for them. To be the, the, no, start a road yeah. trip in, in, in the east or the central. And it will start a, trip, a road trip in the Midwest, go west, and then finish up in the Midwest again. That's not normal. And I, I know some people say it's not a big deal because it's Detroit and Chicago, but – when you're out west and you're coming right back to play, that's not an easy quest to conquer. Yeah, I agree. I, and I, I, I just think that there, there is difficulty there because of what you're talking about and what I brought up about the schedule. And then there still is a thought that this team has had its struggles against the teams that are worse than them. They have played down, more consistently played down to their competition than they have swamped or overwhelmed their competition. That's just something, Mike, that they're going to have to prove to not just me, but to all of us. And it kind of made you wonder. I know Rick Carlisle, you know, held them in after the game to watch that third quarter. He clearly sees a disconnect, whether it's a quarter or a half of basketball that has yet to go away that they're trying to figure out and trying to fix and, you know, you, you play a better team and you give up 45 in the third, that could compromise what happens in the fourth. They were just, you know, so far out in front and Detroit is so bad that they could easily have put them away last night after giving up 45 in the third. But I know that they're trying to figure that out. It's just that inconsistency that preys on my mind a little bit as far as believing that they can jump up into that top four that you're talking about. So essentially, what you're saying is folks should not fall for the banana in the tailpipe with the schedule somewhat in their favor because I think, they have not I earned think they the have right. Enough. I, I think they have enough to do it right now. I just kind of wonder if we're going to see them. I, I just want to see them play consistently. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. I, I think they have the, the team to do it, especially when healthy. I just want to see them be able to do it consistently, and that's kind of what we're all, Mike, waiting on. Yeah, no. And, and the, the scary part is is that we're in the final third of the season, and we're saying we need to – we're still waiting for them to play consistent. Yeah. That, well, that's then, why uh, That's why I can't I can't sit here and say I'm all in and say I feel like they're going to they're gonna be a, a top four seed niece. And, and then the other side of that is – it's good because you're thinking about, all right, well, they, you know, they're still waiting on that consistency that you're talking about, but they have won some really good games. I mean, they've been really good at times as well. And if you want to, you can try to say, well, you know, now Halliburton's now getting back to full strength. You've had Siakam for a month. Now you're moving forward there. And, you know, maybe you can figure out some things to better maintain on the glass. I thought they were really good. Miles was really good on the glass. Uh, last night, Miles didn't force anything, just kind of let the game come to him. And then once yeah. you get Neesmith back, if Neesmith can become more of, you know, that identity of a, of a stopper on the wing, not stopping anybody because nobody's going to get stopped, but, you know, more of a roadblock on the wing that has been necessary for them. 
And then all those pieces start to slide together. But those are things we're kind of waiting on still. No, exactly, exactly. Hey, are you uh, on a different sport note? Are you are you doing a show downtown um, at the combine next week? Uh evidently so. I think I'm there on Wednesday for sure because I think Steichen is on the show Wednesday. Ooh, how is he on the radio? Have you had him on? Uh yeah, yeah. He's um, I had him on his first radio. I know he talked to Matt Taylor. And I'm glad he did because I got to listen to him last year when he got hired. And when I listened to him talk to Matt, I found out that he gives five-word answers most of the time. So I had to be ready with like three and four questions further because I knew I was going to end up getting five-word answers. He doesn't elaborate too often. Yeah, so it's um, – we'll see if it's different when we're face-to-face. But, yes, on the phone, he is not the most talkative individual of all time. Oh, that ain't that ain't. okay. No, no, no. Yeah, you better have you a bunch of questions. And if you're trying to go 20, 25 minutes with him, you better be uh, you better be super deep in questions. Or, I was or pulling him from gonna... everywhere. I was, I was pulling him from everywhere, Mike. I mean, I was. I was a professional, and I'm glad I listened to Matt because I thought, yeah, you know what? I got to be loaded up like two and three deep on this guy because he just he just gives short answers now. He's become better, more well-versed in handling it now. But he still, you could tell he would rather not be there like a lot of these guys wouldn't. So you're going to have to find, hopefully, something that he's able to talk about past five or six words. And that's my job. Hey, maybe after you get done talking about what they want to do with that number 15 pick and all that stuff, so maybe maybe you'll learn that he has has some R&B love like you and I do, man. Yeah, why not that? Something like that. That's what we got to find. That's what we got to yeah. find. See, he was uh, a quarterback for a former Indiana State coach named Mike Sanford. Um, he was a quarterback, I believe, at um, UNLV. And then he was an assistant coach for Mike Sanford while he was uh, at Louisville. And he actually, when Mike Sanford took the job at Indiana State, he declined in going with him. Mike had asked him, but he declined to go. And I I worked that angle a ton the first time he was on, and it didn't really add too much depth. So I just got to find something that he's interested in. I just don't know what that is besides football yet. Yeah, hey, listen, you're a pro. pro. I'm sure you'll you'll get it in. Hey, are you uh, about to get my man Tay his first piece of some country kitchen tomorrow night? Are you on tomorrow night? We can we can yes. we can be uh, be your DoorDash delivery guy and bring you some country kitchen if you want. That, that is uh, my plan is to be on tomorrow night. So, honestly, I was getting a little bit of pushback about coming on today and then doing it tomorrow night, too. But I said, I'm going to see how I sound today at the end, and then we'll go, go with tomorrow night. So, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to be okay as of right now. All right. Well, I'm going to text you tomorrow. If you want something to eat, we will hand deliver it over to the circle. Aww. And uh, get, get you some uh, – some, some, uh, Fried catfish, and chicken wings, man. We'll uh, we'll take care. Of you. I love that. I, hey, by the way, were you uh, excited when Shaq pointed out and gave a lot of love to Country Kitchen last weekend? Oh, excited yeah, by yeah. that? 
Yeah, and, and that's and that's why I stayed away from it last weekend because if Shaq's talking about it, everybody's going. So I was not trying to wait in any kind of line. Great business for them, but I was not waiting in any kind of line for it and stuff. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get to it tomorrow night. How's my girl doing? How, how's that Center Road Central Hoop team doing? We, I, I actually got to watch her earlier this week, and they played Franklin Central. So she had had a good game then, uh, hanging in there. So our girls are still. They need to run a lot more. Um, that would have been nice. But at the end of the season, I assume we're not going to be doing much of that. But, yeah, it's been interesting. All right. No, that's a good deal, brother. How about, hey. how about yours? How are you guys doing? They're doing good. Uh, Miss, Miss Layla, Layla, how y'all doing? Y'all doing pretty good in basketball? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, she's <so>, hey, <laughs> faces in her faces in her phone, not paying attention to us, Jay. But she said yes. Uh, wrap up the season next week at the conference tournament. Hopefully, they can take care of business and then uh, get the ball rolling in AAU season. Oh yeah, yeah. So at least there's no more of this offensive, defensive end of game stuff, is there? I couldn't have any of that. I had to cut somebody out. <laughs> Hey, Lola, hey, Dave, you want to know you going off as a defense and substitution still? <laughs> oh, hey, I wasn't there that night, so I don't know what you're talking about. I, I probably should get on the phone now, too. <laughs> hey, man, I I put my arm around her and I said, what the heck is up with this? <laughs> Yo, I said, why don't you slide over here? Slide over here with us and you can play offense and defense. It'll be just fine, believe me. Uh-huh. So, oh, man. Right. Yeah, no, Said, I, I'm going to say, hey, Spolstra, settle down a little bit over there, all right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> all right, brother. Hey, I, I got to run, man. Have a great weekend. I'm going to take yep. you tomorrow. You got it, buddy. Good to talk with you. Bye, Layla. It's uh, Mike yeah, we Wells of ESPN Radio, the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. Hey, we're live at Gigi's, 71st in Benford Tavern Tour Stop. Brent Halverson rejoins us right now. Getting work done over there? A little bit of work, John. What are we doing? Yeah. You know what? Hey, I, I just love that you're back, number one. Yeah. Uh, that things are happening. Right? Look, great crowd coming yeah. out here. Still got some time. Got an hour and a half left, so good samples going around. A lot of good stuff coming on here at Gigi's, 71st in Benford. we got anything new that we can talk about? Anything coming out? There's a, lot, the there's a lot of stuff coming out, John. I mean, I could give a little bit of a kind of a peek behind the uh, the curtains, if you will. Uh, coming up soon, we've got this thing called Grain to Glass coming out. Yeah. And it is a project that uh, we've been working on for the last seven years. And it is something that has been from start, planting of the seed, to finish into the bottle that uh, we've been working at at Heaven Hill. So uh, that's coming up here in a couple months. You'll see three different offerings coming out. So a lot of good stuff. And, again, it's, it's been born and finished on uh, Heaven Hill property. So some good bourbons really? coming out. Got a uh, new Deep Eddy flavor coming out. Speaking of Deep Eddy coming up, that's going to be a little ways down the road. Uh, we've got some other stuff coming out, John. It's, it, it, I mean, we're, we're in a good spot, and we'll be able to uh, showcase throughout the year as we kind of uh, exploit these wonderful tavern tours. Are you guys a part of Bourbon and Beyond? We are. In Louisville? I gave away tickets to that last week. Yeah. Oh, yes, it's a uh, you know, it's it's something that's uh, huge. It's really grown into a because I had a lot of people winning going, hey, man, you think Brent could hook me up with a little tour down there or something like that? So. You know what? We would love to. Yeah, we would love to. I love spread, spreading that good Heaven Hill word. And, uh, you know, it's something else that's cool, John. August of 24 this year, we'll have our uh, new distillery up and running in Bardstown, too. So we're going to have a second distillery and we're going to be uh, be able to uh, produce twice the amount of what we've been doing in the past. So. 
A lot of good things coming, and, and we got Tony Donahue walking in the there door right is, now. There he is, man. Look at this, and he's bringing Hey, buddy, oh, thank you. Oh, look at this. Nice but to he, have. he brings gifts. Thank you, Tony. It's a little uh, Green Bay Packer leap right here. Look at that. The white blend. Ah, that's a, that's a special a, bottle. Gonna thank crack, you, T. You're going to crack that open later No, no, tonight? no. That's something you just let on the shelf right there. But uh, <laughs> I love it. No, a lot of good stuff coming, John. Uh, have we, you seen the Heaven Hill product? grow the products grow in the last 10 years we really have it's it's been a it's been a great time i mean and again you know I, i'm honored to work for uh, we're the number one largest family-owned supplier in the world and uh, we are the second largest holder of bourbon in the world and with this new addition as i mentioned with the uh, new distillery coming we're going to kind of sneak up and uh, nice own over that we right now we're 25 percent of the bourbon all bourbon in the world is owned by us so uh, that's going to grow a little bit. We've got a lot of good stuff uh, coming right around the corner, my friend. So Brent Halverson right there. We'll talk with him coming up on the other side. i got time for you, 239-1070. If you guys want to jump on the board, I would love to get you on here, whether you want to talk about the Pacers from last night, you want to talk about the NFL, again, raising the bar on the uh, salary cap situation which will give now teams more money to spend. The Colts right now have, I know I get sick of talking about this too, like the fourth or fifth largest amount to spend. Michael Pittman Jr. as a franchise taggie possibility. We'll do that as well coming up too. A little college basketball. We got a lot to get to live from GG's on the other side. Your call's at 239-1070. And Brent Halverson rejoins us. Dustin DePurak talks Pacers. Top of the hour, the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Attention whoever you are. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- Lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. GG's Bar and Grill. 71st and Bedford. Josh has asked me this. He said, is it your microphone? Why does your voice sound different? My voice is a little lighter than usual today. My voice has actually been gone for three days. So it came back today, and I said, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. For one, is I, I wanted to work it, and I wanted to work it live, which is a lot different from being in studio. But it is a little bit lighter than normal, and I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to be kind to it because tomorrow night I want to do the JMV takeover. I don't want to have any issues there either. So... I'm trying to uh, do the best I can with it. But, yeah, it's a little bit, I would say, lighter. This sounds like a guy that's coming off a significant cold or sickness, which clearly I have been this week. Great to see everybody here at GG's on our Tavern Tour Stop. Month of February, we'll make the March announcement coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Dustin DePurak of the Star is going to join us. We'll talk about the Pacers coming up at the top of the hour. Mike Wells a little bit earlier. Oh, look there. There's Michelle. Michelle. Mike Wells a little bit earlier. Don Fisher, a voice of the Hoosiers. And we talked to Bob Lovell. you got the girls' high school state finals coming up tomorrow at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Boys underway early next week with the first round of sectional action throughout the state of Indiana. And you've got a lot of college basketball tomorrow. I mentioned IU Penn State. That's in uh, State College. What, coming up at noon tomorrow? 
11 a.m. 93 WIBC, Butler Seton Hall. That's tomorrow night at 8.30 from Jersey. And then IU, uh, check that, I'm sorry, Purdue uh, coming up on Sunday as well. Purdue, Michigan from Ann Arbor at 2 o'clock coming up on Sunday. Boilermakers, I thought Matt Painter said this really well after the game last night. He said this has been a team, historically speaking, coached by Steve Peichel, that has been very difficult for us to put together any significant, any good offensive games. And they did that last night. I thought the same thing. Absolutely right. Cam Heidi was really good from three. And Braden Smith, his usual self. Zach Eady, his usual self. And a lot of good things happened in that game. But the biggest thing was for a team that has had the Boilermakers number, especially defensively, the Boilermakers really put the, the gas pedal down offensively last night for the first time that I can remember in a while against a Steve Peichel coach Rutgers team. So that was what was impressive to me about that Boilermaker win last night. And then IU upset number four. IU ranked 14th in the nation, upset number four Iowa in Bloomington last night as well. 239-1070 is the number. Your calls when you guys get locked and loaded there in just a second. Brent Holverson rejoins us. Anything stand out to you as far as the, the uh, salary cap elevation today, too? That you was know, a big story. There, there's a lot of money out there, right? Like, and it's it's nice to be able to see that uh, it's going to yeah. expand a little bit further. It's going to open up some doors. I mean, there's again, there's a lot of money out there, and you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, uh, especially with uh, the combine coming up. We've got all kinds of stuff. What kind of what kind of moves are going to be made? I'm still anxious to see what the Bears are going to do, John. What are they going to do with Justin Fields? Right? Is is he going to stay a Bear? Or are they yeah, going to go they're going to trade him. They're, they're right, that's, that's kind of what's, what, what it's looking like. Pittsburgh's going to step up, trade for him probably, right? That's kind of that's what I have, have, have thought as well. And, and you know, I, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, back and forth on that, that scenario, right? But, again, opening up, like you said, the salary cap coming up. There's going to be some, uh, some moves that can be made now. Uh, these guys, I mean, hey. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I know Romy's a big Bears fan wherever he rolled to. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at that Bears team, and, and uh, you know, they've got a great quarterback in Justin Fields. And, again, it's it's tough to say, hey, let's, let's walk away from this guy. You've got one of these guys in Williams that might be one of those um, kind of once-in-a-lifetime guys to get, but we don't know. The Bears have always kind of seemed to uh, – to, to, to mess it up a little bit. So I'm find a way see, to mess it find up. Find a way to mess it up. And and uh, I'm a big fan of that, to be honest with you, John. I, I like when that happens. But, uh, no, I, this will be good. Combine coming up. I mean, we're going to be talking football. We're talking 2024 yeah. football already. Uh, just an exciting time. And uh, the, the sport continues to grow, right? Who would have thought it could happen? The uh, salary cap situation as follows. Readjust it to how they raised today according to overthecap.com Washington with 87 million leads the way New England Chicago Tennessee Cincy and then the Colts the Colts 72.3 million dollars in cap space and for those of you who are thinking about a possibility of a Michael Pittman Jr. franchise tag that tag would be 21.8 million dollars that would be a, a, the tag if, again, they decide to take it that direction, which is something they have not done since Pat McAfee. You know, they, uh, again, the Colts, we, we saw what they did. And, again, I'm looking forward to see what, what Richard can, Richardson can do. We've got to add some weapons out on the outside for him. Right? I think he's got to get some more activity out there. 
And this is going to help. This is going to help, hopefully, right? We'll get some yes. guys coming in. Uh, there's some big names out there still, too. But, uh, again, what, what's going to happen is uh, it's to be told, and that's what this uh, – the NFL has become a year-long sport, not just a, a seven-month sport that we've been kind of playing in. It's year-long, right? So we get to see it, build it, talk through it. You're going to be down at the draft or, uh, yeah. excuse me, at the uh, combine I'm, coming up next month, right? It's interesting to see, though, all these teams that are in incredibly favorable positions. And, you know, obviously you look at the top of the list being Kansas City. All these teams have one thing in common. They draft well. They draft well. And the other part about Kansas City is we thought Kansas City was going to fall apart this year because now, you know, unlike the Colts who have a, a rookie wage scale for their quarterback, you know, you've got Patrick Mahomes who gets paid and that takes up a legitimate part of their cap. But they have drafted well and guys have stepped up and that capacity, offensive line, wide receiver. They had to trade away Tyreek Hill to prepare for this. You know, the best wide receiver in the NFL, if not one of the best. And it's all seemingly worked out for them. And again, these teams we're talking about, that common theme is being able to continuously draft at a high level. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's a couple things. We haven't had really a chance to talk since, hmm. since Super Bowl or since all that went down, right? Like, you know, I look back and you look at, like, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, leading up in, in the playoffs, I, I lost betting on Patrick Mahomes the two weeks prior to the Super Bowl. And the because Super you bet Bowl, against him. I bet against yeah. him. The Super Bowl comes around. I said, there's no way I'm going to let this happen again, right? So I went all in on Patrick Mahomes, and thank God I did. But you get one of those key guys, and like you said, you can draft around him. Looking back eight months, or excuse me, not eight months ago, call it uh, two months, three months ago, we wouldn't have put Kansas City in this position. You know what I mean? But they elevated, and they have a guy like Mahomes, and they have Kelsey, and like I said, they had some guys that kind of stepped up on that outside. Green Bay Packers, look at look at the Packers, right? They have some of these young guys that they drafted well. Yep. Nobody knew who they were, and they kind of elevated themselves up. So it's all about that draft. It's all about spending some of that money. You get some of those key guys out there, it's going to help. But you know what? If you draft right, you're going to set yourself up for success. It's Brent Halverson, Evadil Distillery. It's our Tavern Tour stop with Evan Williams today. We're live at GG, 71st and Benford. With 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. 239-1070 is the number. Jeff is on the south side up first today. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Fine, John. Welcome back. I missed you while you were gone. Thank you, Jeff. That is very kind of you. What's going on? So, I'm curious. You remember back at the start of the season when JT was hurt and they were talking about putting him on IR, saying that that would add like a year to his rookie contract? I do. Um, so is the same thing in play with Anthony Richardson? I've not heard anybody talk about that. Um, with, what do you mean, with his extension in mind? Well, thinking about how many years he's got, you know, committed to us since he only played like four games this year. I mean, is it would, would there be an extension because he did go on IR and he was gone for pretty much the whole season? Yeah, my he is. Uh, to my knowledge, he is up for the next three years at a price tag of, I think, 42 mil. So I think it's just the next three years is what we're talking about here. All right. I was, I was hoping we'd get an extra, an extra cheap year on him. So, yeah, I, I believe 24, 25, and 26. And, again, this is off the top of my head. I believe that's where it, where it is right now. I, I know what you're talking about here, but I, the three-year extension, I believe, is for – the next three, I, I want to say beginning this year, I think it is 24, 25, and 26. 
I could be wrong about that, but I believe that's what it is. Three years and 42 mil. Cam, is that right? Three years and 42 mil. Jonathan Taylor, which starts this year, the next three. I believe that to be the case, Jeff. And what do you, what do you think with all this salary cap, what the over-under is that uh, Ballard's going to spend all that money? I, um, I don't think he's going to handle it much differently than he ever has handled it, to be quite honest. So, yeah, and keep that up there for a second, Cam. I, um, I don't think he's going to handle it much differently than he's ever handled it. And uh, what I just said, Jeff, is interesting because these teams we're talking about right now draft well, like Kansas City, you know, to get this, you know, the status of going back-to-back, they've drafted well, you know, even having to pay as much from the homes as they have. But I just think in this case, where the Colts are, if you can maneuver your way and get some difference-making guys with the salary cap space that you have, to me that's important. But if you're asking me if I think they're going to handle this much differently than what he's normally handling it, I do not. No. Oh, I, I didn't think he would. I was just curious as to how much, you know, I just thought it was funny that they're, they're giving us this extra money that we're probably not going to spend because we never have in the past. Yeah, well, and that's, yeah. And, and listen, if he spends it, get ready for this. It's going to be on what he already has, what you already know, and continuing well, to yeah. go with that. Whether, you know, we're talking about Michael Pittman Jr. or you're talking about, you know, Julian Blackman further down the road. You're talking about the investment they have now, as you brought up, in Jonathan Taylor. There's going to be more of what they already have to maintain that. And more of what you're going to see that's going to be new is going to be those that they're going to draft. So I think that's yeah. always going to be the thought around here. Whether or not that's going to be enough remains to be seen. But I think he's going to stand by that philosophy for the most part, as we've seen over the years. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, John. I look forward to seeing you on the South Side again soon. Well, you got it, man. Thank you, South Side Jeff. So, Kim, read off those numbers right there for Jonathan Taylor with that three-year extension. You mean year by year? Yeah. Like how it yeah, breaks year to down. Year. So, uh, 2024, it says a, uh, that's about 10 million cap hit, 15 million cap hit for 2025. Yeah. 15 million for 2026. Gotcha. I think that's what Jeff was wanting to know regarding that. And, you know, you look at Jonathan Taylor, how many of you actually sit there surprised? Cam just read off the cap hits for Jonathan Taylor coming up. There's got to be still some people surprised. I'm glad that they invested in him because I think he is an essential part of this team. But more times than not, NFL-wise, you're not going to see an investment at that position that that will be made and to, to just to, to, just to add it yep. usually you see the opposite where the, yes. the, the the contract gets lower his goes up actually yeah, yeah. which is a lot different and that's why when you ask me about the whole cap and you know the, the elevation of the salary cap that was the news story today yeah i mean there's an opportunity to do more but to me i just think Chris Ballard envisions this as an opportunity to do more with maybe what you already have. I just don't see him. And I know past seven years, not like it's worked. I know. I know what we talk about all the time. But if you're asking me if he's going to maintain, in part, a lot of that philosophy, I would tell you until proven otherwise that he will. That's an honest answer. 
So Brent Halverson, me, JMV, GG's Northeast Side. We're at 71st in Benford Tavern Tour Stop on a Friday. We'd love to see you here. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? It should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mike Wells a little bit earlier on the show. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Bob Lovell. Next week's going to be busy at the Combine. Shane Steichen, Colts head coach. Dane Brugler next week of The Athletic. Their draft analyst, I think Matt Miller of ESPN next week, are going to be loaded and good to go. I don't know how many days from the Combine. I know at least Wednesday because Shane Steichen will join us live. If I don't have anybody live, then you know where I stand regarding that. It's a great event and all, but we shall see. That's next week. GG, 71st in Benford, Heaven Hill Distillery, Evan Williams Tavern Tour Stop 2024. Brent Halverson rejoins before we get to our next guest, Dustin DePurak. And uh, first of all, this is awesome, Brent. Well done. It's well put great. together again. Isn't this cool? Hey, this is our third year. This third is kind year. of a, this is Randy Strand brainchild, really. We're sitting around talking yeah. and, hey, you know, we want to celebrate these awesome uh, tried and true places, right? And we, we've had a, a, a pleasure now, John. This is starting year three here with this. Yep. And, you know, Gigi's been here 17 years. So uh, it's been here again, tried and true. We talked about, well, how do they do it? Well, it's all, awesome. about, it's all about, yeah, he is yep. awesome. Yes. It's all about the staff. It's all about the food. It's all about the, the surroundings. They have cheap drinks and they have great drinks, right? They, they've got a lot of great stuff here from Heaven Hill. So we are we are honored to be able to come out and, uh, and do this and, and put a little highlight on some of these great joints as randy would call them all around the city and surrounding areas and we'll bring up a little bit we're gonna be doing a little traveling to a pretty hot spot next uh next month john and let me tell you this for those listening for those listening this will be a first timer never been there before and you guys on the south side will flip over this i promise you're going to flip. Hey, by the way, James at studio said we had a caller asking when we were going to be back at Mystic Waters. Mystic Waters, of course. You decide that. So what, is Mystic Waters open right now? It is. Yeah. I mean, Mystic Waters open year-round. Year I mean, they shut down half of the uh, the facility, but uh, there's probably 15, 20 RVs out there, kind of, kind of almost year-round, if you will. Uh, so the season's coming right around the corner. A lot of good stuff with Ruoff. There's going to be a shuttle out there for every concert this year. Um, not just the, the big travel shows that we've done in the past two years. Every show will have a shuttle out there. There's going to be a uh, – there's all kinds of fun stuff coming. We've got a lot of good stuff coming on out there. And to answer that question, yes. John, and actually we're going to have to go through our lovely friend over here. Michelle. Michelle. You think Michelle's got the knowledge? I think we're going to have to find out. We're going to look at doing the probably the second edition of the uh, Labor Day JMV Takeover Live. at Mystic Waters. Live. Live. And it was a double effect. First time ever yes. you did the uh, the takeover out there, yes. right? So uh, we'll, do, we'll look at doing a backyard barbecue out there. Uh, we'll do a takeover out there for the Saturday night. And I think we need to add some... Some fun, uh, some fun stuff in the middle of that too. So okay. Saturday, some fun adult it. games, right? Yep. We got we, fun more, adult games. More to come. Cool. More to come on that. But yes, we are absolutely looking forward to that. Love fun adult games, fun, right? Well, there. let's well, we'll maybe reword that a little bit. But 
<laughs> fun we'll games. We'll in have general. some fun games out there, right? Yeah. Well, we'll do that. We will be back. Absolutely. To Mystic Waters coming up later on this year. Promise you that. Meantime, Andy Moore on the Motive Group Hotline from the Indianapolis Star. He covers the Pacers. It is Dustin DePurak who is with us. Hey, Dustin, thank you for the time. How are you? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me as always. Absolutely. I want to start right here. We are searching for, like, like we know at its best how this team can play. But we're looking for more consistency at a higher level. Not playing at their best. It'd be great every minute of every game, but a level of consistency. Have they seemed to, to have been able to pinpoint hard target where they need to get better in that capacity? For example, after last night's game, Good game, blowing out the Pistons, third quarter, gave up 45 points, not so good. They stayed after, and they watched that quarter again. Do they have in mind where they need to take this playing-wise to become that consistent team that we want them, we expect them to be? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely one of those easier said than done things, especially when it comes to that. It's just, I mean, they, they can speak it out loud and say, well, this was our problem. We just, it, it, Rick Carl said it was just kind of a lack of concentration. And, you know, that sounds like it's a simple thing to say, but like actually getting everybody so that they're just not having lapses um, is a whole different thing. And, and it's, a, it, it's obviously something that's continued to, uh, you know, rear its, its head with this team because, you know, you, you've seen obviously the teams they've lost to, the Charlottes, the Washingtons, you know, they every once in a while just have one of these games where they just kind of blank out uh, or, or, or stretches. I mean, I think they, you know, Rick said, you know, you go from having like the best uh, statistical defensive half of your year to having one of your worst statistical quarters against uh, a team that's eight and four to seven. Like, what, what are you doing? Um, so they're just still capable of having those stretches where they just kind of don't have it. And then they have to sort of like wrestle their way out of it. But they just seem like they just don't They have those stretches where they don't really defend anybody, where they're not playing with the same kind of presence. They're not playing with the same, you know, just focus of mind uh, and they let stuff go. I mean, so they so, so they can identify that, but identifying it and changing it are two entirely different things. So kind of a product of this team is still young, um, but it, it isn't as good at that as, as it should be, um, basically. And that there are enough guys who know know what has to be done um, that, that aren't quite doing it. Obviously, they were playing without one of their best defenders last night, Aaron Neesmith, they need to get back. Um, but still, it's a team that should, that has enough guys that have been around at least long enough to not have those kinds of lapses, and it's still an issue that they have. It's uh, Dustin DePirac of the Star. He's on the Andy Moore on the Mudder Group pylon. Since you brought him up, uh, what do you think is going to be the, the logical time frame in which we're going to see Aaron Neesmith miss minutes and miss you know all that he brings to the floor, which is essential for this team? Yeah, hard to say because been, they've been pretty opaque about it. But, I mean, he's been walking around since the beginning, so it's not like there's a fracture in there or, or something that's, uh, you know, that you're looking at long term. I mean, he, you know, he, he walked out of the building after the injury, you know, so it's, a, it's an ankle sprain. Obviously, those things could be a little tricky and sometimes could be a little bit longer than you expect. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't expect it to be that long just because he's, he's doing some things. And everything they've had so far is he's been walking around and shooting and whatnot. Um, so I don't know how long it's going to take until he, he's running on it and pushing off of it. Um, they're not giving really much of a timetable at all. As far as that's concerned, I just wouldn't think it would be that long because they're, you know, like he didn't have to walk on crutches out of the building. He hasn't had to be been on a, uh, he hasn't had to wear a walking boot, you know, or anything like that. Some of the things that are kind of uh, signs of this is going to be a little bit longer term. Uh, so I guess in, in short, I'd be surprised if it lasts the whole week. Um, you know, that, that I think would surprise me. I mean, it would blow my mind if he's available on Sunday, but on the same frame, I, I would think that it, if, 
if there is a little bit more to this, if they do feel like he needs a little bit more time to heal, I would think it would be much more uh, than a week. Hey, Dustin, do they still have an available roster position right now? They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have, they have one you, spot open if they want to go after somebody. I wonder, what, what, do you think that they they might end up looking at the buyout market and try to utilize that? I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have. Um, and I think, you know, obviously they bought out a couple of the guys that they traded for. Um, so they're obviously hoping to get something better than that. Um, you know, they, they kind of viewed it as, okay, just whoever they were getting, the guy, I mean, Kamaz and, um, gosh, who was the other guy they bought out? Corey Joseph. Uh, they yeah. obviously looked at and said, we, we can do better than this. Um, or, or even if we don't, we're okay, we're okay with having the roster spot um, because we think even just keeping it is, is, is better than this option. So I'm sure they're going to look at it. I'm sure they have looked at it. They obviously have either not found anything they liked or haven't been able to get anybody they wanted. Um, I don't know that it's a necessarily, you know, particularly fertile, you know, buyout market, uh, you know, this year. I don't, there's not so many people that stand out to me as, oh, you know, I don't know why they haven't gotten, got, went to go get him yet. Uh, but you've seen, obviously, a lot of other teams have, have gotten guys like that, went and got a few other people on 10 days um, and, and started to use like that that part of their, you know, roster. Patients haven't done that yet. So, I mean, I, I think they obviously kept it open for the possibility that they were going to look at it and they wanted to see what was available. And obviously they haven't seen anything yet. So, I mean, so there's, there's, you know, we're talking about what coming up on, I think yesterday was two weeks since the deadline. And so, um, you know, it's a little surprising that, if, that they haven't found anybody yet. Um, so I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know if they will or they won't. I'm sure that they are kicking tires and they have kicked tires. And I'm not sure how much, how many more tires they intend to kick. So Dustin DePurak of the uh, Star covers the Pacers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, I, I would agree. I kind of wonder where they, they think they're going here. For this team to be, and this is this is part of, well, I understand this, what they need to be better at, and that is consistently rebounding. Do you think they have it in them? Is this a, an individual thing that you can put on miles, or is this a collective thing you put on the entire team? It's definitely a collective thing you put on the entire team. I, mean, I think they can get a little bit better, you know, it, now that they have – some size of power forward. Uh, you know, I think they were getting a little bit better during stretches. You know, you certainly saw really the first five, six, seven games with Siakam back. You really saw Aaron D. Smith rebound well, um, and I think that was definitely a product of him having a matchup he could actually win on the glass, and he hasn't been able to do that in a long time. Um, you know, again, it, you know, all respect to Aaron D. Smith for what he has been doing for years prior to the Siakam acquisition. I mean, he's just been frequently been, you know, been asked to punch well above his weight class um, and been pretty effective at it. But but obviously there the matchups where either on the defensive end or on the rebounding end, it, it, it just are, are above him, basically. And, and situations where he's been in position and just got rebounded over by somebody who's got four or five inches on him. So I, they, they seem to be getting better there. I mean, like Neesmith, I think, really had a stretch where he was getting six, seven, eight, you know, every night in a row. Uh, it seems like that kind of slowed down a little bit towards, you know, towards the break. Um, but I, I think they can get better. I don't know if they're going to be great. You know, Miles is just an okay rebounder, uh, you know, as a center. He's just okay. I mean, he's. I, I don't think he's terrible. I think people uh, are harder on, on him than that. But, I mean, you know, you'd like your center to be getting eight or nine. And he doesn't always do that. I think he got nine last night. Um, but that's not necessarily his steady number. You know, Jalen Smith has been the best rebounder. Um, you know, I think on a pearl 
11 uh, or a per 36 basis. Uh, I think Smith was their leading rebounder last year. I think he's their leading rebounder this year. Um, and going to Siakam actually did, you know, from that lineup that they had out there, kind of shrank them actually, got them a little bit smaller uh, on that starting lineup, and they haven't rebounded as well since then. So, you know, I think they, they can get better. I mean, individual efforts matter. Um, and I, I think they can be an okay rebounding team. I don't know if they have it in them to be a great rebounding team. Necessarily, I don't know if they have the personnel for that, but I think they can be better than they are. Hey, Dustin, this is where they're going to go. So I guess it doesn't matter if you're a non-believer. But are you in full belief of a long-term high-dollar extension for Pascal Siakam? In the past month, has it sold you enough on being able to raise the bar for this team in winning and productivity with him to do it at that dollar figure, high dollar figure, longer term? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and, and in part because, you know, what, what's plan B? You know, I, I guess it's kind of the other thing. Is that you have to, I, I think, in order to be a team that, that's truly competitive, um, to, to if you want to be an Eastern Conference contender, you have to have a second all-star caliber player. Um, and I think you obviously saw what um, the things got a lot harder for Tyrese Halliburton once they really started doubling him, and you've got to have somebody who takes that double team away. Um, and Siakam, I think, does a lot of, of, of things well that, that can take that double team away or can allow him to take advantage of that double team. You know, certainly, you know, he's, he's you know, clearly proven that, that he's the guy that if, you know, in late clock situations, you can really trust him to make a shot uh, and, and create his own. Obviously, he's a guy that for his size can handle the ball really well, uh, you know, can create really well, moves the basketball, fits, I think, pretty well to win with what they're, what they're doing. Have, you know, they obviously, I don't think, have created, and they haven't had a whole lot of time to do this, the kind of chemistry that you want to see between star A and star B uh, that, that really tells you, okay, this, this team really has a chance to be up there. I mean, you haven't seen those guys come together well, and, and yet uh, mostly because Halliburton's been dealing with the injury and the minutes restriction, and you're still seeing what they're capable of. But on the flip side of that, I mean, I don't know what other avenue gets you a second all-star player other than this. Um, he's, you know, you, you've got him in your camp. Um, you know, you found him, I, you know, obviously for a pretty good price as far as players was concerned. Um, you know, I don't know if there's a move that you can make that, I mean, unless you find a way to move him in a sign-and-trade type of deal and somebody will take him and give you a, a wholly separate superstar, um, I don't know where the other path is to get one. I mean, obviously, because you, you've already given up your first-round picks for next year, um, you know, so you, you would be a ways away. If you let him walk, um, you're a ways away from putting somebody in that number-two chair. Um, and I don't know, you know, if, if you're going to have the assets to do a deal like this again and get somebody younger, um, you know, or just you're going to say, okay, let him walk and just use the money to hope that you can lure somebody on the free agent market this year. You know, all that feels chancier than just giving the money to the guy that's already in your camp. Um, and I, I'm again, I, I've been impressed by him as a player enough. Um, I'm sure there are guys that you could look at and say, well, in theory, this guy fits better. But, you know, that that is not a burden in your hand. Um, and it's hard to, you know, what it's going to take to actually acquire that, whether from a, from a financial perspective or so what it's going to take to attract that player. You know, they can they can obviously offer Siakam five where they can't, you know, nobody else can do that. They have a bunch of advantages to keep him. Um, so I, I, I get if people have, you know, kind of issues of I, I'm not sure about him being the second guy. Uh, I could see those um, just because it hasn't been a totally seamless transition and you're still talking to a guy that is, you know, uh, if he's not 30, he's going to be. Um, and so you're talking about tacking on five years and he's going to be 35 at the end of that. Um, 
you know, and that's a, it's a different timeline for him than it is for Halliburton. But on the flip side, I think you need to get you, you need to have somebody that you can pair with Halliburton that's a real star. And you know, I, I don't know that you can do better than what you already have in your camp. Two things here for Dustin DePirac of the Star covers the Pacers. He's with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, it appeared to me last night that Tyrese Halliburton, for the first time since being back with the Pacers, since that injury and that re-aggravation, felt as if he had the restraints off. Also, last night, I thought that coincided with this team for the first time in a while. The ball didn't stick offensively. The ball stuck a ton, and not always, even sometimes when Tyrese was out there. But I just saw a more, even against a bad team, by the way, too, in Detroit, a more free-flowing, very reminiscent of earlier this season type of offense last night. And I thought we saw Halliburton, who had been told the restraints are off, and his body had responded in that capacity. You agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, talking to him especially, I, mean, I, I did feel like there was pretty steady progress once he got into the 30-minute range. Um, once it got past that initial 22-minute, or I mean, that's where he was at for those first four games. You know, since he's been playing in the 30s, I've seen him get. I feel like I've seen him get progressively better. I haven't seen too many moments where I looked at him and feel like he looks like he's really in pain there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think All-Star break was good for him, even though he was really, really busy. I mean, obviously, he didn't have to have the same physical toll, even though he was his calendar was booked from you know Thursday to Sunday um, but you know it, it definitely has seemed basically on all the movement he's done you know since Saturday I, I feel like I've been pretty impressed and, and he looks a lot more like himself and last night I think he really looked like himself obviously I think the reverse dunk was kind of him showing off a little bit I think he he mentioned a couple times that the dunk he had in the all-star game was one that he was like I'm like is this gonna be okay you know and came through that feeling all right and I think once he felt got through you know woke up the next morning was fine and then got a couple of days to you know kind of stay off of everything I think he really came back and felt like okay like I'm I'm close to back I mean he mentioned you know there's still going to be soreness there he's like I still expect there to be soreness there but I've, he, the, the term he used is almost there you know about about there I think he thinks this is this is the best it's going to be I don't think he expects to be painless uh, for the rest of the year but he doesn't feel like there's anything that's restraining him and there's some some moves that he could do last night uh, and feel comfortable in and confident with it that he that he, that he hasn't before and yeah no I, I think the ball moved and whenever you know Halliburton I think really just obviously the guy who when he's really popping it, it's Chris creates that culture of moving the ball I mean, there, there were occasions when the ball moved too much you know there, there, I could think of at least two times uh, where there was a pass that didn't need to be made I mean it does you'd rather have them than passing than, than thinking that way than not but every once in a while you're like that was a layup you passed up you were up in the air just don't give it up you know uh, I think Halliburton had one of those I know Nemhard had one they tried to pass behind him on the break to Matherin and Matherin was not where he thought he was going to be and, and that turned into a turnover you know when, when it was a clear clear fast break layup up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the, the ball movement was a lot better. Um, you know, McConnell certainly, I think, did a really good job of that also when he was out in the second unit. Uh, but it, it definitely was moving last night. And obviously, Halliburton is the guy who really drives that. It, you know, when we, when we see Matherin get it there to where a lot of people believe he can go, what we're going to see added to his game, Dustin, is the extra pass. Because there are often times when he goes in, and that's just how he is, he's going to take it, he's going to take it to the rim, he's going to take it to the glass. But he has got that Euro step movement down so well that if you notice, oftentimes there's a player that's cutting to the basket next to him, opposite of him, 
that's got availability. And if he just sees them, if all of a sudden his eyes get better and seeing that, to me, that takes his game to the next level. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I said that, that Euro stuff, stuff he's got is incredible, and he's he's getting there. I think you know, they're subtly the veterans are pointing this out to him, and I think that uh, you know they're they definitely. If you saw any of the press conferences, you know, on uh, on All Star Saturday night, just after they won the Skills Challenge, and they were you know messing with him about you know whether he was really more excited about winning that than he was about winning you know Rising Stars MVP, and they were like, "Cap, I don't believe you, not at all." But I think yeah. they they have they. Have definitely sort of chided him and was like hey look you know you can pass <laughs> you know even Halliburton I'll take on the broadcast uh, was like oh he passed the ball you know they, they they've sort of gotten this in his head by messing with him in, in the sort of like older brother giving you a you know elbow to the ribs kind of thing that uh, hey you, you need to move the ball you know like we know how good you are we know you can score the basketball and that's fine and that's great but you know you have to be able to play within the system and I think Matherin is slowly figuring out it's not as natural as it is for some guys I and mean, obviously Halliburton's such a pass first guy um and he creates that whole culture, and, and, and out of everybody on the team, it's the biggest struggle for Matherin to get it right because he's just used to being having that killer, I'm going to take it at you and dunk on you mentality. And so he's, it's taken some getting used to for him to figure out what fit means uh, for this and being able to see what is created uh, you know, by your gravity when you're getting downhill, that, that there might be an option that's easier than you trying to score through t- two people. There might be somebody else who has a clean dunk. Uh, and he's still figuring that part out. Um, but but he is, he, he is not pushed back against it. He's, he's aware it's something he has to work on, and it, it's coming slowly, and every once in a while they, I think, have to tell him, like, you missed a pass there. You know, like, you, you could have given that up. But I think he is figuring that out. I mean, he does at least seem amenable to it, which I think is a good, is, is a good thing for them. Um, but you can tell that it's still a, a process that is ongoing, and they are, they, are, there is, they are subtle, but they're also not afraid of saying it out loud either. Well, he, he missed at least three guys last night that mm-hmm. had really open windows to the basket for layups or dunks. And I know that just comes with the growth of it all. I just think sure. if he's able to see that and able mm-hmm. to dump that off and that becomes a part of his repertoire, then yeah. that, to me, his game is going where people believe it can go. Right. No, I think you're totally right. Stuff like that is going to matter in terms of – because if, if they know that he can pass it, then they have to back off a little bit. You know, if, if they don't yeah. – if, if they realize that they can't just load, you know, to the bucket and get in his lane and he's not going to take advantage of, of what's there by, you know, because of that gravity, uh, then they're just going to keep doing it. And so he's going to keep facing bodies until he passes off and, and makes that a threat. Well, no doubt. Dustin DePierak of the Star covers the Pacers. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, Jalen Smith, it, did last night do him well, too? You know, it was available, but only in an emergency situation. Didn't have to play. Gets even more rest before he is back. He going to be back next time out? It sounds that way. I mean, that's certainly what we recall is hopeful for. I mean, obviously, you know, back spasms, uh, you know, like, it's it's more art than science as far as figuring that as far as getting guys right you know coming off of that because you just don't know what's going to go away uh, and it's tough for guys that big I mean you, you obviously have seen years and years of guys having those kinds of problems um, and and it's tough 
So I think, you know, obviously that was what Carlisle's response was. We asked him at the beginning of the day, you know, is he available? And they said, yeah. And, he, you know, we talked to him after. So it's like, okay, so is he not? And he's like, no, he was available. It was just an emergency. It was just only an emergency. If I didn't want to say that beforehand, uh, you know, I wanted to get him four more days if I could. You know, obviously, if, if Isaiah would have gotten into ridiculous foul trouble and they wouldn't be able to get through the game without him, uh, then they would have put him on the floor. Uh, but that obviously suggests that he must be close, so that they feel close to feeling like he's comfortable. We talked to Jalen, I think, in practice Wednesday, uh, and he said obviously the break did him a lot of good. I you know that he was able to kind of uh, stay off his feet a little bit, get some real rest uh, for that, and certainly he missed the two games prior. So he's had a lot of time to work on that. Um, and this gives him a few more days. And so I think, you know, Rick obviously looked at it and said, okay, you got one game on Thursday. You don't have to play again until Sunday. That gives you some time. Um, if you can just get through this one and not have to play him, um, then that's, you know, you, you've got three more days of, of not making this thing worse uh, until at least Dallas. So it does seem like it's that, that he should be available by Sunday, obviously backs react in different ways and you don't know what they're going to ask of him what kind of you know therapy is going to have to do if there could be any kind of setback in there because stuff like that is obviously tricky and, and again with guys that big uh you know and that and anywhere taller than six eight six nine six ten you know basically those they go through a lot you know playing this game and so you know you never know what could what could set it back off but uh it certainly seems like all in all uh, a lot better for him to have a couple more days to get right all right, so next up is, is Dallas at Cambridge Fieldhouse. How much better do you think they made themselves with the acquisitions prior to the trade deadline, uh, one being Daniel Gafford, uh, the big guy, the pivot for the uh, Wizards, and then I think the other, P.J. Washington of the Hornets. How much better do you think did they make themselves for those deals? Yeah, big. I think they needed to get some size. I think they clearly needed to get some get some guys to add to. And, and, and it's all just about getting pieces that, uh, you know, enhance – what they have with Luca and with Kyrie, uh, they just have to have other stuff. And I, I feel like they they haven't necessarily had enough size before, had enough guys at that four and five position that they could, uh, you know, could rebound for them, they could defend for them. Um, they needed to just you know address that issue, and and, and clearly they have, and that's made them a lot better. And I think they're, I think, I know they beat Phoenix last night. Luca had a bunch. And I want to say that's seven in a row for them. So that's clearly clearly done a lot. I mean, I know even just we're talking about All Stars this weekend. I mean, Barkley was just saying he thought Dallas had one of the best uh, all all in all depth line in terms of what they were able to bring in and, and just all the pieces that, that again add to what they're doing that they weren't massive individual but collectively you know gives them a lot of stuff that they didn't have yeah you look at you mentioned they'd won what seven in a row now is that what they've won i think that's right yeah one two three four five six it uh, looks like seven but they uh they put up points and no doubt about that they've had some Pacer-esque games. One was impressive uh, going back to uh, the 10th a week ago uh, against Oklahoma City. Put up 146 against Oklahoma City. That's a good team. This is a loaded Dallas team coming in here on Sunday. Yeah, no, it really is. Uh, again, just the way they're playing. I mean, the West is just really tough top to bottom uh, with everybody, but just the way that Dallas is, has played lately, you're starting to see just a, a lot of those pieces come together. It certainly starts with, you know, Luka is uh, definitely playing at a, at a first, uh, first team All-NBA level uh, lately and, and, you know, making a, a real, uh, you know, uh, MVP charge there. Again, like Gafford, you're just seeing just big numbers there uh, for him on the glass. It's really, really important. Just every, you know, yeah, like, you know, Kyrie's playing well. Lively's obviously a really good player. P.J. Washington, I think, is kind of an underrated forward. You know, Josh Green's not bad. Max Kleber does a lot for them. Tim Hardaway Jr., I think, has been one of the best bench players uh, in the league uh, this season. So just everything that they've got coming together for that group um, is, is, you know, it, like, 
it is hitting its stride right now. But yeah, like I said, I mean, just the the additional pieces, the, the, the overall length when you're looking at Washington, Lively, you know, Hardaway at the three, Keebler, you know, Gafford coming off the bench. There's a lot of good pieces there for them. So the highest attended All-Star game in 14 years, according to the Pacers. You hear that earlier? I did see that. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think about no, All-Star I mean, Weekend in general? Did they do themselves a great deal of service, as we would expect Indy to do with all that went down? And certainly some hurdles they had to get through, weather being yeah. one. But with everything sure. that happened this past weekend, did they do themselves the service as they normally do around here with you know, putting up a, the best in terms of hosting a big event? Yeah, no, I thought so. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I imagine most people would say say this in terms of people who had to move around. I mean, I I thought it was great once I parked my car. Uh, you know, the <laughs> traffic was a trip uh, for sure, and I'm yeah. not sure how that compares into previous uh, times when they've had these mega events. And obviously, it's a different event. You know, it's not just the one game, the one night, and, and getting in and out, or, or and, and some smaller things like associated with it. It's three nights where you have, uh, you know, kind of a primetime event, and then you have the crossover going all day. And, and in with that, you have mega concerts downtown. I mean, like, you know, like if Lil Wayne was playing Gainbridge Fieldhouse, like you would have traffic that night, you know, like if it was just a random one off in, you know, March or April or whatever, like you'd have a significant amount of traffic just getting into that show. So you're piling all of these things together. Um, and so obviously that's a different kind of challenge than just, you know, having the Big Ten championship game when it's, you know, one thing and everybody comes in. Um, you know, it's a different deal. I mean, I, but I thought as far as everything just, you know, set up and, and, and having all these op- opportunities to see cool stuff, I, I think that was really cool. I mean, I was impressed by how how each of the events was put on themselves. Um, so for the most part, I think Indy did well. I, mean, I, I think what they did, the, the thing that really stood out to me that was individually Indianapolis putting its stamp on it that really impressed me was just how much they spent on you know, uh, putting the history out there, you know, basically for both the franchise and the Pacers, but, you know, the state, obviously, I think it was helpful, you know, some other entities coming in. You saw the, you know, the Reggie Miller, Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird thing I thought was pretty cool and kind of having that be part of the weekend. Right. But like having the Oscar Robertson, um, you know, uh, tribute uh, during one of the timeouts with Spike Lee and Mike Epps and, and Jalen Rose, I thought was really cool. Uh, you know, leaning into that, leaning into Crispus Attics. I mean, I think a lot of that stuff, um, that really put in the Indies mark on it. Uh, that I think stands out more than most places. I mean, like obviously you can have this thing at, and you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, the playgrounds like the Las Vegases and the Miamis and whatnot. But I think connecting back uh, to its history, the, the history of the game was what they were really trying to do here. And I think that really, really shined. You know, again, like there were definitely, you know, logistical obstacles. I mean, it took me an hour and. 20 minutes to get to all-star Saturday night. And it's a 10 minute drive from my house. Um, but everything, as far as like, once you park your car and look around at what all was going on and just seeing how they put on each individual show from Friday night through Sunday, I thought was really impressive. Well done, Dustin. I appreciate that. Great job at doing it. Continued great job with the star covering the Pacers. He's on the Andy Moore automotive group pylon. Enjoy that game on Sunday, Dustin. We'll do it again soon. We'll do. Thanks so much for having me, man. Dustin DePurek right there on the stars on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Brent, you're going to rejoin me coming up here in a second, are you? Nope, sorry about that. Absolutely. Yeah, and is. I think we have a special guest that's going to come up here and a talk to us guest. right after the break. 
uh, a very special guest to uh, listeners of the show. That's going to help well, talk through a little bit of uh, I like it. What's going on here, Gigi's? A little we bit of history. We need a special guest. We, and this special guest oh, brought some good stuff to Green Bay wine. Look at that! Isn't that awesome? I love it. I love it. That's so Brent Alverson right there rejoins with a special guest on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The AAA membership lounge. You can watch us via YouTube live right there. Love to have you, Gigi. Seventy-first in Benford, Heaven Hill Distillery. It is a tavern tour stop. Ninety-three-five and one zero seven five. The fan. The ride with JMV. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Ninety-three-five and one zero seven five. The fan. Oh yeah. I plan on doing the JMV takeover tomorrow night. I believe the album, 1981's Face Value from Phil Collins. You big uh, Brent Halverson's back with us. Phil Collins, Genesis guy at all? Oh, absolutely. Love Phil. What do you like better, Genesis or Phil Collins? You look like more of a Genesis guy to me. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't say this often, John, but I go both ways. Okay, I understand. I, you know, it's funny. Genesis songs will grow on you. Sure. Phil Collins songs, like, immediately get to you. They get to you. I, right? I, I 100% go, wow. buy into that. And, You're and absolutely right. It, it always kind of takes a little bit for Genesis. Like, um, my daughter, Lainey, is into vinyl. And, oh, nice. uh, yeah, she has um, her, her favorite song is Fleetwood Mac and Dreams. Plays it on vinyl. Our friend, mutual friend, BT Do, had a couple of, uh, of albums. Building the Perfect Beast by Don Henley. And then uh, Invisible Touch by Genesis. And I've never really been the biggest Invisible Touch album fan by Genesis. But I was listening to it, and I'm thinking, you know what? This is a hell of a lot better than I ever gave it credit for. Like the title track, eh, but throwing it all away, tonight, tonight, tonight. Um, is there a man down in the corner? Is that on there, too, I think, maybe? I, th- I think uh, Land of Confusion is on there. But that is a really good Genesis album. And until now, I really haven't given, it, given that enough credit. Going to listen to it even more, I think. You know, Phil Collins, I mean, just think back. We, we don't get many musicians like that anymore. You know, he, he just, I mean, again, you, you, you named off a bunch of great ones yeah. there. And, and, yes, I mean, Looking at uh, 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 both avenues, right? There's there's some goods on each, but Phil Collins, man, he just he just brings it, you know. We well, just look at all that that band's produced from from you know Phil Collins a part of it, Mike Rutherford part of it, uh, Peter Gabriel a part of it. It's been absolutely, amazing. yeah, absolutely. So good old days, my friend. Good old days. Good old Final. days. Final. Lainey loves Final. Lainey, I love that. I love to hear I that too. Just, uh, Isn't that cool? Like your yeah. daughter, and, and again, I told you a story about yeah. Sierra. She's bringing in some some good old school stuff for me too. And I'm like, hey, we're starting to kind of maybe. They're getting it a little bit, you know. I mean, I, I remember driving Sarah to school back in the day, and she's listening to stuff that I'm not a big fan of, you know, certain types of music. And she kind of involved. She got me a little bit into country, which I never was really much now. of a country guy. Yeah. And she went that route, and they're big Morgan Wallen fans and Thomas Rhett fans, yeah. Sage, you know. And then she's starting to bring around. She brought in some Bob Barley and some Grateful Dead. And, nice. And I just love it. You know, and you know what it is, though, John? It's TikTok. Whenever it something is. comes out on TikTok now, they hear something like, oh, it's cool. You know, and then they, they buy into it a little bit. But she was so happy to show me her new playlist. And it kind of it, it made my, my soul smile a little bit. You know, like, you know, I love that. I, like, I, I get on TikTok occasionally before the Saturday show and just put some videos together. 
But somebody put this video together, and it was a, a it looks like it's back in the late 80s, of a guy at the carving station at Old Country Buffet. Oh, yeah. Talking about <laughs> carving meat and how you make eye contact. And he's got a mullet, and it is the best thing ever. I think I fell in love with that video on TikTok of the guy from Old Country Buffet. You remember Old Country Buffet? I do, absolutely. He was at the carving station talking about eye contact and casual conversation and serving meat. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. See, when you can get that, that's what I'm after right there. That's when it all comes together, right? It is. I love it. Indeed. It's Brent Alverson who spent some time down in Jamaica. Yeah. He's back. You did not see Bob Marley, the new film, right? Didn't. Yeah. Well, we we were going to. It was down there. It came out on Valentine's Day. And, 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 uh, you know, we were fortunate to be down there. Some really great friends. Sunny the entire time? You know, we got down there on Tuesday, the 13th, and it was was raining. Yeah. So we were okay with getting there, and it's 3 o'clock, and it's raining. And, you know, we didn't have to hurry around. We just got in a room, checked in. We had this beautiful swim-out pool room right to the beach. and Oh, you had a swim-out pool room. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. sharp, man. It was good. And, uh, you know, the next day, the next six days we were there, it was 85 and absolutely sunny and beautiful. It could not be beat, my friend. So will you live down there one of these days? Absolutely will. That is my 100%. Uh, Lisa's Lace, are... down with this, too? She is down yeah. with this, yes. Yep. I mean, I'll sell coconuts on the beach. I'll rent yeah, kayaks. Why not? Whatever. Yeah, I'm on. Come on down. Best on the beach, man. You're not going to have to wear a shirt the rest of your life. That's no, awesome. no, no. I'm going to grow dreadlocks, too. Like, I can't yeah. wait for that. Let it all go out a little bit. And... So you asked about a special guest a little bit earlier. Yes. Special guest is we're live here at GG's, northeast side, 71st in Benford, Tavern Tour Stop. I want to thank everybody this week for standing in for me because I've been a little bit ill. And especially all the kind well wishes from you guys, the listeners. You guys are fantastic per usual. But you have a special guest that's joining us now from G. You know, I'm actually honored to even bring this gentleman oh. who kind of was uh, was around when I kind of cut my teeth on uh, yes. getting involved in this. And and uh, there's not a better spot or person to talk about. And I was talking with Jim, and you know, wanted to get Jim up here, and he said, "Man, yeah. there's nobody else I'd rather have." Jim's <laughs> not coming up here. This guy right here. Tony Donahue happens to join us here. Tony, it's well, great to see from you, my friend. Place. Yeah, happy birthday, sir. Hey, thank you, my friend. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank Brent you. Brent Halverson, by the way, yes. is 50. Now, when, right when up was your alley. birthday? What's that? When was your birthday? Uh, it was last Friday. A week ago today. All week. Yeah, 16th. All week. 50 years 50 old. 50 years old, my friend. You well know, done. I used to think back in the day, John, I was like, God, 50 yeah. is old. 50 is old. Back yeah. when we were kids. Yeah. Well, look at, look at like uh, if you watch an old Three's Company and you see. Uh, Dude, Jack Tripper. You see Norman Fell or oh, yeah. you see Don Knotts yep. in there. They're like in the early 50s in that. Like, see, I feel like Don I'm Knotts older was than, like 90 then. I'm older than Mr. Roper was in Ooh. Three's Company right now. <laughs> and I don't think I look like stinking Mr. Roper. I don't Three's think you do either. You're more like you're feeling better. I'm I'm assuming you were like, look, I don't mind getting sick because I'm going to lose some weight. That's usually your mentality towards it. Is that what you did here? Well, I I lost my voice and then my blood pressure spiked to a point to where I kind of wondered if somebody was going to stick me in the hospital. So I didn't like any of that. Is that because Blake's driving now and that's why the blood pressure is up? It's because I jacked around last week trying to do everything and I needed to to slow it down. Well, I think the NBA All-Star game being here in town, you just kind of had to take advantage of everything that you could. And uh, yeah, I tried. You saw Oscars. That was good. I paid for it later, but I tried. I'm not going to jack around like that again because it got everybody mad. John, I heard everybody got mad. I heard you say something earlier. Yeah, and and I wanted to bring this up because the last time you you quoted something of, oh, there's no way this can happen. The next day it happened. Right on. And I forget what it was. It was a football game. It was something going on. I'm sure. And I heard you say that about being sick. You quoted that, and then. 
You can't do that anymore, man. I can't. The, the, the fate level is going to come in. I'm the uh, king of bad karma here. Let's, let's yeah. wipe the bad karma out. Let's I'm keep our young 22-year-old minds. Yeah. Let he remembers go. everything, though. He doesn't remember his passwords or what he had for dinner last night. <laughs> but if it comes to any kind of karma or oh. holding a grudge against somebody, this oh, guy is number one on the list. 1986, whoever sung, uh, yep. you know, dancing on the ceiling or whatever. I mean, it was, it was all out there. That guy left the stage <laughs> in Bloomington back in 89, I and I'll did. never forget. <laughs> but I can't remember. I just, like, had to file new passwords today <laughs> for health benefits and stuff. Oh, I mean, what, what is this? What? Yeah. Be sure to write them down. I was, I you was, can I always was talking hit. to Cam right here. I was uh, yelling and screaming. I couldn't get us to log off and be or anything like that. So, yeah. Hey, just power, that all the, the time. power of forgot your password is, yeah. is strong. It's real. It, it, and I use it every day. So. Well, just use That's the same what you've done and then just keep adding a number to it. So. <laughs> are you going to stick around for a minute? Take yeah, a break? absolutely. That's Tony Donahue, the special guest. Absolutely. Brent Halverson, JMV, Gigi's Northeast Side. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Well, we're waiting. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, Santana coming to the Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center along with Adam Duritz. Once upon a time, I urinated right next to Adam Duritz. That's uh, June the 23rd, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. Number 9 at 239-1070 is going to go on us. You ever urinated next to anybody famous? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't say I have, John. Adam Duritz is right next to me in Johnny Depp's Viper Room. Oh, yeah. Wow. On Sunset Strip. Did you and notice him or did he notice you? Um, no, nah, I just said this because L7. Nice ring. L7 <laughs> was a rock girl, you know, rock alternative band at the time. And they were on stage in there. It was just like a random weeknight I was in there. What was their song? Uh, pretend, let's pretend we're dead. Yeah, I played it on the tribute. We're dead. Yeah, L7 was up there. Brett Musburger for me. And uh, oh, you peed next to him? Yeah, wow. I peed next to Kurt Rambis once too. Oh, Kurt Rambis. Oh yeah. Purdue game one Saturday night. It was and, Purdue and Notre Dame. Dame. It was on. Uh, no, it was Purdue Michigan. Yeah. It was like the week after Eminem. Like remember when Eminem was on the set with Brett Musburger and it looked like he didn't yeah, know oh, yeah. The next week at halftime, went to the bathroom and Brett Mus. I was like, That's nice. I'd love to get you on with J and V sometime. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he was like, What? <laughs> Who? What are you talking about? That what was like 2014. What you say? Oh, you said Kurt Rambis, so it made me think of the clothesline. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, the clothesline. Yeah, the clothesline game with the tail. Was he wearing his uh, goggles? He was not. Oh, okay. I think at the time, he might have been a scout. He might have been doing yeah. some scouting. That was before. We used to have him on all the time. into a coach. Yeah. And then he started liking yeah. weird photos on well, Twitter, and he got canned. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he was born in Terre Haute, Indiana. Yep. Was he really? Kurt Rambis wow. was. Yep. Yeah, true story. You know the weirdest uh, bathroom story, and it wasn't me, but I had this dude turn to me. I was in, uh, I think it was Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. I had this dude turn to me at a stall. You know, when you're at a stall, you kind of. You look ahead, you do your thing, you're right? Focused. Like if not, you're like you're like bothering people, right? So I'm, I'm doing my thing. Dude turns, he's staring at me. I can feel him, right? And I kind of look over, like, "Hey, what's up, man?" He goes, "Are you Peyton Manning?" And I'm like, "Peyton Manning? No, bro. Look at his forehead. It's not that big." Yeah, I don't have a billboard here, man. Yeah. So that Peyton was kind Manning? of that was my weirdest little bathroom story. What's your favorite Counting Crow song, Cone? Um, Long December. Oh yeah, that's a long ass song right yeah. there. I like Rain King. It's kind of quick and to the point. What's that one that's like, uh, oh, colorblind's good if, like, you're in a really bad mood and you watch that movie um, Cruel Intentions back in, like, 97? There was a point in time when Duritz was 
Tripping the light fantastic with Hollywood notables. <laughs> I mean, there was a time in the mid-90s when he was getting it all. Very, very much so. Didn't last, though. They're good in concert, though, Counting Crows. And uh, number nine is going to take home those tickets. Again, June the 23rd, Live Nation always has us covered right here, thanks to... Uh, to Kyle and our friends, and Jimi Hendrix, by the way, Alive Nation. I want to go see uh, Adam Ant and English Beat coming up next yeah. month. i got to get Jimmy. Primus and Coed sure. in Cambria. Oh, I saw the Primus. We're have to go do Primus that. is pretty awesome. Remember when we went and saw them, and they had their, their the first set of the show was like a Wizard of Oz theme, yeah. and I was like creeped out because that's the only movie that's ever scared me in my entire life. My name is Mud. Yeah. That's a great, great Jerry group. was a race car driver. Yeah. What a band. Yeah, Winona has a big brown beaver. Yes. This is another one of their yeah. favorites. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> hello, Winona. Every female in the uh, building just turned and looked at you when you said It's a that. song, all right? Yeah. Take it easy. So, Tony, uh, yes. G- the wonderful Jim Alban here. Which Love We want to thank Jim and Jimmy's the Gigi's best. crew for having us here today. Gigi's, Bridget, Anna, and Amy, they're here all night. Great specials. I had the uh, creamy chicken noodle with grilled cheese, Ooh. cheap drinks, specials all weekend. It's lovely here, perfectly right off the highway. Um, I am sipping on a peach, the uh, the flavor. Little Evan Williams peach. peach. Little Evan Williams. I had the Evan Williams cherry. Yeah. Okay. And then you get the Evan Williams peach with either Sprite or tea. Ooh, I got the Those tea right there. Those are my favorites. That's good so I got stuff, the tea right? Right now, it's so good. I love it, man. Great place to be this weekend. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, they're going to be hopping here as well. Uh, great food. Why not make this part of your weekend? Gigi's is awesome. Jimmy's been it. great to us. Do it to I love Do it. Yes, that's right. Uh, great food, great staff, great yep. people. Come out the here wings. to Gigi's and see it. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Place to great. Fellas, we got extra time. You're good to go? Oh, boy. Uh, Until 620. Got a few minutes. Yeah. 620. Absolutely. A little extra time. If, is this uh, anything goes or is this? If people want to do anything goes, we can. Oh, boy. At 239-1070. Extra time. And we will also uh, uh, uncover the next stop that we yes. have coming up Ooh. next month. Southsiders are going to love this. Southsiders are going to love this. It's hot. Uh, first it's timer it's ever. Cheeseburger sliders will be popping there. Ooh. We got that. And anything goes on the other side with Tony and Brent. I'm John. GG's Tavern Tour Stop February Northeast Side 71st in Benford 93.5107 The Fan The Ride with JMV Two more minutes They could be miles off course That's impossible They're on instruments This is going to be a real sweat 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan Well, this sounds like Florida Judge in line. I bet Sierra and Sage love Florida Georgia line. Brent Halverson. Well, you know what's wild, John, what's is, is the, the, the country music scene, right? Like, I was never a big country guy. My girls have me just dialed in now, right? Like, they really? They love, well, yeah, we've talked Thomas Rhett. Yeah. Thomas Rhett gave Sage his jacket off the stage, which really made me a big fan. Just that happening for your kids is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, we're we're going to have a chance. I was actually with uh, Nate Smith. You know who Nate Smith is? I don't. Nate Smith had the longest number one um, uh, chart song. What am I looking for? Billboard chart song. Right. Eight weeks in a row uh, with World on Fire. And I went and saw him three weeks ago at Eight Second Saloon and had an opportunity to hang with him, meet him. I brought him some bourbon. One of the coolest, nicest guys That's I've cool. ever met. Yeah. Super cool. He signed an album from each of my girls. like, And he's opening for uh, Morgan Wallen, which Morgan Wallen's a big, he's big like deal. A big deal. Yeah. He's going to be here in uh, in April for two shows, I believe. So we're going to have a chance to go back there and hang out backstage with Morgan and uh, Nate, which is going to be pretty cool. My girls love that. Um, 
But yeah, I'm a big, I'm a new country fan, man. It's it's country's cool now, you know. I've not been deeply embedded in new country. I I had neither. I had neither, yep. and it kind of snuck up on me. And I will tell you this: I, I think why is again I mentioned this earlier. I was driving my girls to school, at, you know, four or five years ago, and they were listening to music I wasn't really privy to. Sure. Like, I didn't really like the. I'm not a big certain style of music they're right. listening to. And they have found this, this country thing. It's kind of been a, a bridging of the gap of, of, of what I like and what they like. And that now I'm in on it with them, right? So gotcha. we're... Oh, that's good. We, we love it, man. It's, hey, it's cool. Music's supposed to bring everybody together. That's what it's all you're about. you're celebrated. That's what it's all, all right. about. So there's nothing bad about that. So whatever, right. whatever floats your boat, it floats your boat. And that's outstanding right there. It's Brent Halverson, JMV. Uh, we're at Gigi's on the northeast side. Cam is not a country music fan. I understand that. He's going to uh, Bourbon and Beyond and Louder, louder, than, louder than Life. life. Yes. Yeah. We talked a little heavy, heavy yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a which, good time heavy right again, there. Again, hey, I cut my teeth on Metallica back in the day. It was Metallica, Led Zeppelin, and the Grateful Dead. And it kind of all morphed into uh, what it is. So, hey, we find our way. I, I just think, that. just to add, country, yeah. country music's not the Like, there's certain certain artists that aren't the same as it used to be. That's oh, it used what, to, oh, absolutely. That's, what it's, that's what's changed. If you listen, you'll know. Because it's Maybe. more, it, it is more poppy. It is it's like in the early 80s when, yes. there was, when there was country pop crossover. Kenny Rogers, Juice Newton, um, uh, who else? That Alabama was another big. Tom Oak Ridge Jones, Boys. You know, old school yeah, stuff. Another right? big cross. Yeah. They're all big country crossovers. And the 80s, the early 80s were big on that too. Late 70s, early 80s. And There's this still is, guys though, like that a rebirth that, of that. There's still guys that have that country feel though. Yeah. No doubt. Real country film. I got a great story Nobody for you. Nobody like Ronnie Millsap, though. Nobody <laughs> like Ronnie Millsap. Uh, back in 2000, yeah. and this was 2006 or 7, I was uh, I was working for National Wine Spirits, right? Yep. And uh, I had to go work the suite. We had a suite at, uh, it was Conseco or whatever it was at the time. And, and I had to go work the suite, and this, uh, it was like Tom, or not Tom Jones, Clint Black, somebody else, and this new upcoming little girl yes. named Taylor Swift. Okay. And her parents were in the suite with me. I wish I would have rubbed elbows a little bit further than what, right. I, what I did. Because, yeah. Best uh, opportunity for look, you. Look at where she's at now, yeah. right? Like billion-dollar years and stuff. But it was pretty cool, like, to see them. And they were so excited to be there. Like, their little girl was opening up. And, and now look where she's at, right? I mean, pretty wild what more, happens. More popular than the game itself, uh, football. Oh, yeah. for sure. For <laughs> that sure. Was, that was uh, the people that own Big Machine Records, the Brochettas. Yeah. They discovered her, went to Toby Keith and said, hey, we're going to break off from Sony. We want to start our own record label. So whenever you look back at, you know, the mid 2000s, 2010s, like the top five to 10 people on the Forbes list in country music, Toby Keith's always right there because he owned 48 percent of what Taylor Swift was making before oh, wow. she switched labels. Bob Richards told me that story. Yeah. Look at that uh, knowledge. Back in the day. So I once Scott Brochetta was all with me at the track and i said hey scott man i got a great country music song idea i just don't have any oh, lyrics here we go i said uh, <laughs> what do you think about the title i leave my barn door open <laughs> and he thought about it for a second and thinks i think that's the worst idea of all time if that I, isn't a clayton anderson song I, was, I don't know what it is i was kind of pissed i said can we put some lyrics to this and use it as a title I thought it was snappy. All you need to do uh, is, is write it down, John, and, and we'll get a note to... Classic double entendre for country. Sure. Right? Get yeah. a note to, like, Chris Stapleton. He'll make right. that thing the best, the right. biggest song yes. out there, you know? I'll leave my barn door open it's perfect. in case 
I want to let my horse out. So this is this song that's going to go viral. <laughs> I want to let my hawk out. Is this song that's going to go viral? Is this going to make up for when you had the bottle of water idea and didn't pounce on it? Yeah, like this yeah, is what's yeah. going to going I've to bring lot, it up for you. A lot of missed opportunities in my life. Yeah. Hey, there. You don't know unless you try it, right? <laughs> you yeah. don't. I left my barn door open uh, and my horse got out. Hey, I tomorrow. God, I can already see it. There. Is, oh, that, is, is that the hog got out or the horse got out? Better? Well, it what's could be better? one of those mini they horses. Both get out, what do they call those little horses? They can all the, get out. The, the donkey. <laughs> the donkey. That's a bad idea. Hey, well, before be we announce our next location, yes. we got some Anything Goes callers. 239-1070. My man Fulton is up first. Hello, hey, Fulton. Hey, I'm at my basketball practice. Um, you are, Fulton. Good yeah. to hear from you, buddy. Um, so I was wondering uh, if you would like to come next Friday, if you guys want Next to. Friday. Let me check where I am, and hopefully I'll be over what I am so I don't pollute everybody. So, so we've got hopefully I'm, I'm not polluting anybody o'clock. any longer right here, hopefully. But so. we have practice at 6 o'clock, and I'm glad you're back. I'm, I'm glad Thank you, buddy. Better, That's so. very kind. We've been, we've been praying kind. for you and getting Aww. everything done for you, so. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that, yeah. Fulton. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. Have a great basketball more. practice. I'll talk Thanks. to you soon. That's Fulton right there. What a great – that's a great dude. He is Brent. a great guy. What he, a great dude. He came out and saw us at Crafters and, and yes, had a great chance did. to talk to him. Fulton, oh. love you, my friend. Keep Fulton. it up. Keep up being good, my man. BTR, line one, anything goes. You're on the air, BTR. How are you, sir? JMB, how are you? I'm okay. I'm getting over it right here. Well, uh, thanks to Brian Nettler. You were great all week while you were down. You're sounding better as the broadcast goes on. Um, well, I was uh, I was in, on the struggle bus a little bit right there, but uh, I think I'm making a turn for the better. I called in last night, and he was uh, – I referred to your uh, force arousal comments that you do sometimes. Um, he – Gave away some tickets to identifying a metal rip, and I called in and said he gave me a metal arousal. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, as long as people get aroused by the content of this show, it's all good, man. Seriously, this is all sports good. arousal. <laughs> I just want to point out to you, reiterate yeah. what you said earlier about going and getting the scan, the heart scans, the lung scans. Yes, uh, I'm 52. Um, I relate to a lot of your music, sports, this, that, and the other, but that is most important for anybody our age to do is go get a heart yep. scan, go get a lung scan, and and go from there. And that's great. You got it. B- BTR, thank you. And, and Meridian Medical Services is where I go, and they can get you right in. And it is not, it is cost efficient for you too. That's where I went, and I'm glad I did, buddy. Thanks for reminding me. And thank, go ahead. Speaking of that, I yeah. mean, Scott Pollard, right? The excitement abounds, yeah. especially, yes. you know, and he's With a he new got heart. a new heart. He's doing yeah. a lot better. A perfect example. I know we're a big fan of his. We've done some work with him before. I know he's a Kansas guy, so he's more of. Yeah, he's more, more favorite for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he got a heart. So congratulations. Shout out right to there. Scott Pollard. The for, excitement uh, abounds, for that. especially in my pants. One of the yeah, best man. quotes to ever start a season that FS was at Bally at the time. It was, uh, yeah, it was, no, it was FS. I think it was, Fox, I think it was Fox Sports yeah. Net. And that was JJ was like, what? And he's so Scott Pollard comes on and goes, 
are you ready for the season? He goes, yeah, the excitement abounds, especially in my pants. <laughs> Hello. Hello now. Hello now. Scott so Paul, shout out everybody. to our friend Scott Paul. We are glad that his new heart is taking and he is feeling a lot better. Hey, Tony, too, we got to mention we've got four finals mm-hmm. in high school basketball for the girls coming up tomorrow. Four in all. Yeah. And I know we've got some Lawrence Central representation. Yeah, there's some LC there. representation here. A Woo! fantastic uh, one-loss team this one season. One-loss. That I believe had won a sectional this year for the first time since 1987. Yes. And, well, I was... I saw the end of the Plainfield LC game last Saturday because I took my daughter to see Center Grove and Franklin, and that was the second game, and they beat Center Grove in that final. So congratulations to LC. Some great great games tomorrow on your airwaves. I know uh, Greg Rakeshaw is going to be part of the TV. Our buddy Matt Taylor is going to be doing some. Mark Forrester is on the call tomorrow, so we got – a uh, bunch of games tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Norwell's been hot, man. That's a really good yeah. basketball team. They've knocked off the number one. Gibson number Southern is a part Gibson of it. Southern's really good as well. Greg Rakestraw. La- yep, Lanesville. So. Greg Rakestraw. I think he's got some family, if I'm not mistaken, uh, some cousins of, that yeah. are playing in that game. So shout out to that tomorrow. Greg will be on the call of a few. Mark Forrester, our buddy Matt Taylor. Yeah. It's all good, man. Yep, that's uh, girls' high school state finals coming up tomorrow from Cambridge Fieldhouse in the four classes. Yep. Lawrence Central and Lake Central is that matchup in four. Oh, go out. Go, Lawrence. you got to beat my DA, the DAC uh, rival that I have in Lake Central. Ooh, it is. Look at that. Little Lake Central. Thing goes right now live from GG's, and Ron is up next. Hello, Ron. How are you? Glad to hear you back, buddy. Glad to hear your voice is okay. Ron, thank you, man. That's very kind. Thank you. We uh, miss you very much. I just want to give a shout-out. Last week, I had my yearly – I'm 70 years old. I had my wellness check, and everything went well, good. Blood test came back great. I encourage everybody to go do it. It it ain't always bad news. And no, it's I not. Call. And we, we, we got to know. And listen, I thought last week, um, I like normally I say some stupid stuff. I thought last week downplaying, you know, being sick and downplaying stuff was really stupid. You know, making a lot of me passing out in a truck normally is funny. But at that time, it wasn't shouldn't have been that funny. So I was acting like a jackass last week. But this week, you know, even when I was sick. I go in to Meridian Medical Services and get checked up, and uh, I get there. And what's, what's great about them, I find out right then and right there. So I'm glad you did as well. I encourage everybody to do it. Like I said, it's not always bad news. The reason I you call got it. is yes. I call you every year at this time. Tomorrow at 3.05, we're going to be listening to the Joey Bottleless Cincinnati Reds play their first spring training game. Well done right there. With no Votto, that's going to be really weird. You know what? Yep. Uh, they had an unexpected year last year, and I'm kind of hoping that I've been a Reds fan for 40 years, and I just hope better things this year. When's the last time you felt this weird as a Reds fan about a player no longer being there? Yeah. I'd have to think. I, I can't – I mean, to me – I'm trying to think who that would be. I, I, 
Eric Davis, I guess, I'd go back to that. Now, I didn't yeah. even feel this much, you know, regarding Ken Griffey Jr., but I guess it would have to be somebody like Eric Davis. That's just what Votto has meant to the fans of that organization for so many years. I just think his injury last year uh, kind of doomed him. Yeah, yeah, and they were going a different direction too, and they got uh, Nick Crawl. Nick Crawl's reinventing the wheel over there. I hope he does. I hope he reinvents or at least finds a wheel that uh, has helped other teams get going too. So that's what I'm hoping. I think they've been pretty lucky picking up some uh, people that wasn't supposed to do anything, and I think they're, like I said, they better last year. Uh, look for better things this year. JMV, I'll let you go. I know you got other callers. Glad to hear you back. Thank you, Ron. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Some pitching, hopefully. All right. Hey, before we go, too, we got more calls to take when anything goes. We're live at Gigi's on a tavern tour stop on a Friday. We're going a little extra time leading you up to the last word. That's the Gorman and Matt Taylor coming up at the bottom of the hour. Brent Halverson, Tony Donahue with me. We're live at Gigi's. We do have a tavern tour stop. It's scheduled for March. We have yet to announce that. We do, John, and this is going to be, a, I think this is going to be a fan favorite. We've had a lot of people call in, which we love, right? Yes. Like, if you've got an idea of a great spot, a great tavern tour stop for us to go, please let us know. This is one that's come up many, many times, and this is down in the lovely town of Whiteland. Whiteland, Indiana, Indiana. we're going. I this am there often. A little place called Wits Inn we will be at uh, March 29th, John. March 29th, Wits Inn, the Mr. Wits Mark Clark. Inn. Mark Clark. We're going to go yes. down there and uh, have a lot of fun. They're, they're ready for us. They've been waiting for us, and uh, I'm happy to say we're going to be down there. We're coming to you. Wits Inn, we'll see you at the end of March. There's a, a band that often plays there called the Cornfield Mafia. You ever heard of the Cornfield Mafia? You know, I have. Have you guys? You, you know, know their, the bass player, their bass player has made fun of me regarding Miles Turner before. I may have to beat the bass player's ass, and then we'll party uh, if he's there. Do you the know Cornfield what the Cornfield corn, corn bread Mafia is, John? Cornbread. Cornbread I, I just know the cornfield. Okay, so this is going to be tied into, I'm okay. sure, the cornbread I mafia gotcha. is out of Kentucky. It was an old marijuana uh, a smuggling scheme back in the way, way, way late days. Nice. So this ties in a little bit to that. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, it was uh, it's big in uh, Kentucky lore. The cornfield mafia. I remember all that, Tony. The bass player makes fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know you won't forget that. If somebody makes fun of you or says something the wrong way, you know we won't be storing right? that. You won't forget that. <laughs> they better play a song for me if they're down there. What would you request? Um, I don't know what they play. I don't know what they cover. Um, well, it's funny because I, I hosted trivia there at night where we were doing 90s music, late 80s, early 90s yep. music, and I was like, I only know this song for Veruca Salt. I don't know that from JMV. Seether. Uh, yeah, Seether. Uh, the Volcano one L7 earlier. We talked Let's about that. Let's pretend that we're dead. Um, Romeo Void. Oh, Big Wreck. Yeah. Oh, I was like, these are only, uh, I only know it from being associated with JMV uh, when he just gave me a Spotify password. So I was like, all right, I'm going to play this whenever I won, which I did many times. It might be better if we slept together. Yes. Romeo Void. What One of the great, uh, See, tell, tell Borchetta. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No. He's got a money maker right yeah. here with I leave my barn door open. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to see that thing grow. Money. Well, not, not, not in the barn yes. door, but yes. I want to see that song I mean, think come, about, come to think life. About that. That's a country, I mean, country music, and it's not it's the perfect. dog and the sad song and my truck and the tailgate and yeah. my torn jeans. I mean, this makes sense. 
And he just shot it down like crazy. I love it. You know, hey, you know what? I I thought of you. You know what I'm going to tomorrow night. I'm going to go to a a benefit outing at uh, Cathedral, which is very cool. Um, But it is a Yacht Rock party. So I almost called you and said, hey, what do you got in the wardrobe, John? I need need some I got a captain's hat, buddy. You know, I got one coming too. I've got a captain's hat courtesy of Ross over there. A captain's hat with a Reds logo on the front. Because the Reds had a Yacht Rock day and had Yacht Rock review play last summer. And Ross attended and brought back a hat for him. That's awesome. Right Isn't that there. cool? Like, I love it. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, could spend a whole segment stuff, on uh, taking people over to Cincinnati. Oh, and, uh, sometimes they don't come back with us. That was fun. Sometimes they don't come sometimes back. Sometimes they don't come back with us. That was a fun uh, little run. But, hey, check out the menu here at Gigi's. I just had the uh, chicken noodles <laughs> and the grilled cheese. Awesome here. Great drink specials. Super cheap. Great yep. fun. Come on out. Have some Larceny. Have some Elijah Craig. Um, get the flavors. I've, I've had the cherry. I've also had the peach. Evan Williams. Evan yeah, Williams absolutely. Peach tea. So good. Shout out to J-Law for being here. Derek's here. Paul's here. Ross is oh, here. Yeah. What a, one of our favorite places to come to, uh, which has been that way for 10 years, is here at Gigi's. Big thanks to Jim Altman. Jim, for having us. Thank you very much, Jim's my friend. Jim's a stud. He knows uh, Jim that. knows it. So, Sunday through Thursday, yeah. they're, uh, they're open 11 to 12 o'clock, and then Friday and Saturday, 11 to 1 a.m. So, come on out and show some love seven days a week here at uh, the wonderful GG's. Always good to be back. Jim, thank you, my friend. Thank you. That's big Jim right there. Hey, uh, you thought it. Uh, we thought the same thing. <laughs> I know. Anything goes at 239-1070. Ryan's up next. Hello, Ryan. How are you? A&B, it's good to have you back, buddy. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you. I want to give a shout-out to my boys from Suburban Christian School. They're playing in their state final for basketball tomorrow. It's been a Always to, yeah, it's been a pleasure to coach them this year. I help out over there, but I just wanted to wish them well. we got to bring it home, yes. baby. Go Crusaders! Woo! <laughs> Shout out right there. You shout out. I love it. Love it. Love it. Good. Hey, shout out to uh, Brett and I, our favorite team, Marist. Hey, minus seven and I like I it. Lo- I've, there's yes. a lot of money to be made on, on Rick Smith's alma mater. Hey, Rick Nevada Smith. tonight, too. I like Nevada a lot. Uh, Lay Nevada's the 10. good. I love Lay those late night CBS. Have you watched any late night CBS hoops? You got Sheldon Mack, Roy Hibbert sometimes in the studio. It's, it is, it you is need to get really Roy Hibbert on. You need to get Roy Hibbert on. It is, that is really good. I'll tell you the other thing is good. Now that ESPN doesn't have Big Ten rights anymore, yeah. you get some really kind of out of the woodwork games now. Yeah. Like, I hate to say this because Dusty Mays, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, but, I mean, hell, we never saw him before with yeah. that team. And, hell, you can see him every week now yep. out of the American. Yeah. Every single week you're going to see them Thomas against good. SMU like last night and yep. Wichita State, Charlotte, UAB. Um, I just told the story because the anniversary happened uh, last week of when you and I went down to Sycamore Country to Indiana State yep. and watch Wichita State and Greg Marshall just berate his assistant coach and call him every name in the book. And you and I looked at each other like, oh, my How would you God. like to play for that nut? And then they went undefeated all the yeah. way to the Final Fours were sitting and there. And then he so. turned out to be a nut, and too. Well, so and he was a definite whole, nut. Whole family. Like, we saw that first class. He <laughs> kept looking at his Rolex watch and then berating his. <laughs> He'd be doing oh, oh, He was goodness. rolling it down his wrist. Remember, there was rumors he was coming to IU and you and I were on the air like, yeah, you don't want that. Trust us. I will say this. He wins. I mean, if you're looking for, I I guess it would still remain to be seen if he can win now with his era when you can just leave like that. And he did have special dudes, Van Vliet and Baker 
and uh, they, had, they some had some teams. special guys. They had some squads. He was a, a wild dude. Hey, last game of the year, I think it's next Sunday, is that March 3rd at Indiana State? You want to go? You want to roll down I'm to Paradise? I'm already going with Greg Rakestraw. Well, you, you guys are picking me up in. on the way. Yes, yeah, Greg Rakestraw. Greg, Greg pick yeah. me up. I'm uh, going I'm with Greg. Speedway. I'll meet Murray you right State. there at the Plainfield exit at the airport. We'll be fine. Good thing Valpo's in the Mo Valley because they had, had to get them back on track the other night. They're they're so. some some squads well. are four years away. They're ten years away. Trust <laughs> I me. I want to thank Jim and everybody here at Gigi's Brent. Outstanding. Thank you once again. Hey, welcome back, my friend. Oh, I'm glad, glad you're here. Happy birthday, man. buddy. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you, thank the you. The Wits End coming up in March. That's our tavern. March 29th. March 29th. Down in Whiteland, so be ready for that, Cam. Great job from you. That'll be epic, job. James back at the studio. Thank you very much. My thanks to Tony D. The Last Word with Matt Taylor and the Gormans coming up next. I'll be hopefully tomorrow night, 6 until midnight, B105.7, the JMV Takeover. Brent, you're the best, brother. Hey, I love you, man. Happy birthday. Cheers. Thank you, my friend. Brent's 50. Last words next. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on this show on Monday at 3.